Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z. Wow. What a Detroit Lions season. What a season. Um, on this episode, we're going to be doing our famous grades. We're going to be grading each position group, the head coach, the ownership, the GM, play of the year, um, game of the year, highest moment, lowest moment, all that stuff. It's all uncaptured. It's a longer podcast. This one is always our longest podcast of the year. Um, as it is a wrapping up of the season, this is our fourth season. We just want to thank everybody for sticking with us uh, these four years. Uh, we look forward to many more years ahead of drinking a blue Kool-Aid with you all the way to this uh, eventual Super Bowl we're going to have. At least a playoff win, right? <laughs> uh, but, man, we just thank you so much for all your support. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get a podcast, download, please subscribe, please leave, leave a review. Um, but, man, grades. We also love to hear your grades. So reach out to us on Instagram at Drinking Blue Kool-Aid, Twitter at Drinking Lions. Let us know your grades. We'll, uh, if you leave a comment, we'll retweet you. We'll post the grade. Um, but it's a really fun podcast. It's probably a lot to listen to all once. Our producer will probably break down the times of each uh, uh, category that we have. We have 20 categories. Uh, so, you know, if you just go to the description in the podcast, you can go to each uh, category that you want to go to. At the top of the podcast, we just briefly talk about um, what's going on with the coordinators and the head coaching. Um, but other than that, you can click on the category or you can listen all the way through if you want. Uh, it's a great podcast. It's a lot of fun. We always have a lot of fun with it. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, so sit back, grab your Kool-Aid. It's the last podcast of the 2022-2023 Detroit Lions season. Let's go. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back and this is our last one for the regular season. And of course, it's our famous grades podcast where we grade the entire Lions season, everything from each position group, the coaches, ownership, top to bottom. We're covering it all right here on Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, hosted by SidelineReport.com, also downloadable on Spotify and Apple, which I never mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, but I thought I should mention it for some reason today, for whatever reason. But anyways, I'm Big Z. Let's get hey. to the rest of the Blue Kool-Aid crew here to talk about this 2022-2023 memorable Detroit Lions season. First of all, we got UJ. Hey, hey, Lions fans. And we got Bob. Hello there. And then last but not least, we got Connor. What's up? And I believe Rudd Dog will be hopping in by the time we get to the grades on a little bit. So don't be alarmed to just see him, you know, pop up. Uh, so he was afraid it, it was report card day. He's a little afraid to show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was always a rough day back. In the day. <laughs> just, just kidding. Put a little oh, extra man. padding in your pants there. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. So be, before we hop into all the grades and all the position groups and stuff like that for this year, um, just a little bit on the news front. Um, what do you guys think about? Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn getting all these interviews. Uh, I mean, Ben Johnson has interviews from the Texans, 
Uh, looks like the the Colts are calling. Uh, pretty much everybody's yeah. calling. Uh, Carolina, yeah. Carolina, yep. Uh, yep. and I mean that, Carolina that right makes now, me nervous yeah. with Ben. Isn't Ben? I think Ben Johnson's from yeah. there. He went to Carolina. He uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think he worked for them for a brief time as a youngin. So that team concerns me the most with Ben Johnson. Mm. Mm. I'd hate to see him go to the Texans because they fire all their coaches after one year. So. Yeah, and look, it would be yeah. like loading him to the Texans. He'd then come back as our OC a year later when they fire him. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would be hesitant to go to the Texans. Like you said, they 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 fire their coaches after one year. Um, led by a expatriate yeah. guy. Uh, he Ben Johnson was here, I believe, for Patricia. Right. Uh, I I can't remember if he was or not, but uh, I I I believe he he was, and he I think he knows. Like maybe that's not the way to go. Uh, you know, just pony up a little extra dough. Keep Ben Johnson here, please. Yeah. Uh, just for one more year, make that Super Bowl run, and then you have the pick of the. You know, you, you he's in a position of strength to pick his team, not the other way around. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You know, a few years I'd ago, like this, I'm sorry. A few years ago, uh, a guy with this little experience as a coordinator and stuff wouldn't even be considered much. But you know, this new NFL, they're looking for the hot, new, shiny thing. So uh, he's a very Mm-hmm. Hot prospect right now because of that. So, yeah, I mean these young coaches—that's that's what they're doing these days. And sometimes it works, like McVeigh, or or it can go Cliff Kingsbury way where it doesn't work. But uh, right, yeah. yeah. But the Cliff I, I hope Ben Johnson's the oh, go, go uh, I, I, just about Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a a 500 head coach in college. Like, it, it, I. I the only connection he had was like he had Patrick Mahomes on his team and he knew Sean McVay. It was a, a bizarre hire, I always thought. Yeah. But yeah. apparently yeah. he's a really likable guy because he keeps getting paid a lot of money. So it right. it does seem like for years now the the strategy is I mean the Lions did this with Patricia. You you hire someone, a coordinator that you think is like a genius at that, and you expound off that. I wonder if the Lions continue having success if like the culture thing, like with Dan Campbell becomes more of a thing people look for in coaches like that sort of ceo type coach yeah. not maybe necessarily the expert in one subject even though i've heard from many reports that dan campbell did have a lot to do with this offense um i wonder if like that'll change like people will start looking more for sean payton's and less for matt patricia well, Connor, that sounded really if, negative but if they win the super bowl then everyone will copy it because that's what they always do they always copy the last thing sure, that right. worked you know that's true yeah i mean the bears are trying to become the chiefs um the Lions were trying to become the Patriots before. You know, it didn't work out. You got to yeah. account for something a little different that we did the, with Campbell and Holmes. Uh, you know, normally the, the status quo is that you, you hire a GM and he finds a coach. Well, this time they kind of did them simultaneously, uh, building a team that was symbiotic with each other, which is unusual in itself. I mean, how many teams do that, you know? And it just really seems to have worked in this case. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, their hierarchy seems weird too. Not weird in a bad way, but like, like Brad Holmes isn't necessarily his boss. They kind of like work together on things, yeah. which is, which is not the usual norm in the NFL. It's just very interesting. Yeah, done, and it works out because there's a mutual respect there, and they both seem to be have the right. same. And these of, are two uh, guys that I mean, never knew each other before coming to the Lions. I know. It's crazy. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. I mean, major kudos to the the leadership to you know find that common personality in the two, or maybe I mean maybe not a common personality, but two personalities that really 
work well together. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I mean, Dan Campbell, he wasn't on any of our radars going into the coaching search. I listened back to the um episode we did where we all predicted who we, the Lions would hire as head coach. None of us even remotely <laughs> mentioned Dan Campbell <laughs> right. as a possibility. Yeah. Um, and, and now we're all elated uh, to have him here. Well, if we got uh, to see him interview and throwing chairs and stuff like they were saying, then uh, we might have thought differently. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Do we think Ben Johnson gets hired? Or is he going to be around for one more year? Oh, I think if you he had makes to predict. it one more year. I do. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he'll make it one more year. I'm, 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 real, I'm with you. Although no, I'm not 100% sure of this. I'm a little ner- yeah. nervous about it. But. Yeah, I am pretty sure Aaron Glenn will get hired. I think that even though he's getting interviews too, I, I think Ben Johnson's much I, more. I think Aaron Glenn would actually be a good head coach. Like, I do too. Yeah. I just think when you finish 22nd overall in defense, like... Oh yeah, even though they did like improve that, a lot, yeah. even though they did improve a lot, I think that first half of the season may give some teams hesitation. I, I hiring I, him. I I don't think either goes. I think both. I think it's destiny that both come back for one more year to finish the job, win a Super Bowl, and <laughs> go on to greater and bigger things after that. But they have to finish and make their legacy here first. Uh, that's what Aaron Glenn said. He right. He wanted to be the best defense coordinator in Detroit Lions history. He well, did. he hasn't done it yeah. yet. So he got one more year. Well, Connor, I guess Bowl. we'll wait till we get to the grade. But I, I, you know, I don't know if Connor will be glad if he leaves. You know. Yeah. So well, you, I won't. Well, your pick now because uh, <laughs> we'll get there. So, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll don't get worry there. about me. Don't we will worry. definitely. Right. Picked up. Yeah. So we will All definitely right. get there. So let's jump into that part of okay. the podcast, shall we? So let me just tell you how how we break this down. We go by uh, position group. We all go around and give a grade. For that position group, uh, all the way from F to A, no. What what do they give in schools now? It's like a U or an E. It's not an F anymore, right? I don't think uh, you don't get F like, anymore. I thought I read that somewhere. You know, I don't get grades anymore in school. Participation but, uh, medals. Uh, <laughs> you know, F. But no, we give out Fs here if if it's deserved. Uh, just to yes. make that clear. So and anywhere from yeah. A plus to F minus or Z or whatever. The F is the lowest. F. I guess we After, go, but... fuck that guy. Yeah. 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 Whoa. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Whoa. Not. All right. Maybe failure. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think, you know, with the way the season ended, I don't think we'll be getting out too many of those. Uh, so, anyways, uh, let's start off with the first one that I have on my list here. Okay. And that, of course, is quarterback. And it's a short. Uh, list because there's only really one guy to talk about. That's Jared Goff. Yeah. He, there's only uh, I'm going to my uh, stats here. Yep. There's there's only two guys that do a pass all year. Jared Goff. And can you guess the second guy? Uh, well, Nate didn't throw a pass. One of our receivers. <laughs> yes. Jack Fox. MVP. A punter. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. right. That's so right. only two passes thrown all or pet. Pass thrown by only two guys, like no wide receiver pass or anything like that. Um, so, uh, Jared Goff, his season stats: three hundred eighty-two for five eighty-seven. Uh, that results in a sixty-five percent completion percentage, four thousand four hundred thirty-eight yards, um, twenty-nine touchdowns, and the most important stat out there: only seven interceptions and none since the Week Nine game against Green Bay. And he is actually trending towards historic uh, marks in 
passing attempts without an interception. I believe he's six has the sixth longest streak of all time right now, uh, going into next year. So let's hope he, you know that trend continues. Because obviously this offense really took off when he started taking care of the ball a lot more. And our team, yeah. like even that Seahawks game, for instance, he doesn't throw a pick six. There's a decent chance we uh we win that game. Uh, so even in some of the high scoring games, oh. he was turning the ball over, but it really tur- it turned around when um he stopped turning the ball over. But UJ, I want to start with you. What's your grade on Jared Goff for this year in this position? And this kind of goes with Mark Brunell too a little bit. Well, yeah. Uh, if if I'm just grading Jared Goff, I'm gonna give him an I'm gonna give him an A plus overall. Seriously, because he even when we were losing, he we were putting a lot of points on the board, and then like you said, when he when he learned how to take care of that ball, man, he just I don't know, and he, not just the, taking care of the ball, his pocket presence changed remarkably too from early in the season, where he had problems stepping up in the pocket early. I think we all saw that, and then. All of a sudden, he started getting really comfortable in the pocket and was stepping up, taking his time. He, he's going through his reads. I mean, what a great season he had. And uh, using all his receivers. I mean, it's not like he the old days when it's just Stafford and Johnson. And uh, it, he was using everybody and uh, just did a remarkable job. Uh, the position overall, I, I don't think we addressed backup quarterback at all. Thank God we didn't have to use it. Uh, but Goff did a great job. I'm, I'm going with an A-plus for him. A great cheerleader, uh, Nate Sudfield. Yeah, yeah. Bravo to you. Yeah. Negative four rushing yards on the you for taking a knee at the end of blowouts. Uh, <laughs> that's where you want your quarterback yeah. to be. Yeah, uh, in the staff book right there. Uh, so what was your final grade again, UJ? I'm giving Goff an A plus. A plus. All right, Bob. All right. Yeah, Goff. He's been excellent this year, uh, particularly as the year went on. He did have a little shaky period there. Um, when they were in that losing streak and, um, his deep ball still could use a little work. Um, I know, uh, I know he's thrown a couple, but that doesn't mean he can throw it all the time. If he could get hooked up with JMO a little better, I'd, I'd like that, but I, I would, I would give him an A minus, um, based on the whole year. I think he's trending towards an A plus next year, the way he is. And, uh, he, I saw he broke the record for the Lions for touchdown to interception ratio. So that's good. That just means he's taking care of the ball and, uh, and passer percentage at the tied the record for that. So mm-hmm. I like, so it's a minus, but with the bullet point going on. So I like, I like yeah. where he's headed like bullets. Mm-hmm. A minus. All right. Um, and, and I know I mentioned that he had the sixth longest, uh, streak ever for attempts without an interception. It's actually the fifth highest. He's had three twenty four. And the only people higher them in NFL history is Derek Carr with 332. That's shocking. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Brady twice, 399 and 358. And then Aaron Rodgers went 402 passes. Um, so wow. Jared Goff is, if my math is correct, 76, uh, 78 passes away or 79 passes away from breaking the record, 78 from tying it. Yeah. Um, I like which it. is like two games. So. Yeah. Let's see if he can do it next year. But let's go to Connor with your grade. Dear God. Yeah, I have the same thoughts as Bob. Uh, he did have a great year, and turnovers was a massive part of that. Um, he's doing some things that Stafford never did. I mean, um, that being said, uh, I think the biggest thing with Goff next year that we want to see is, like, the deep ball. Like, those are the kind of throws you make to, like, change the momentum in a game or, like, take over a game like when things aren't going well. And he did do that 
against the Packers. Um, he did throw that bomb that we thought was a touchdown and up on the one yard line. Um, so that's what's really keeping me from an A+. I think his pocket presence has improved significantly. I know he did that footwork in the offseason. We've talked about this a bunch. Um, the way he sees the field just looks so much better. He looks so much more confident. And he seems like a leader that like everyone really likes. Like Everyone on that offense like is constantly going to bat for him. Um, I'm going to go A-. minus. I do think that will be higher next year, though. Like I genuinely think... Um, they're sold on him. I mean, Brad Holmes, he saw his press conference. Uh, he talked about how golf's not the bridge guy. Like, he's the guy there, which is awesome because we don't have to waste one of our top picks on a quarterback and we can just move forward. So, I'm, I'm, you can't be much happier with golf, I think, this season. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a big question mark coming in the year, right? Uh, is golf the bridge guy or is he the guy? And I think we've walked away from the season thinking, yes. He, he is the guy. We can win a Super Bowl with this guy because we've seen a lot of quarterback play around the league. And Brett and uh, you mentioned Brad Holmes press conference. Another thing he said going off that was it's a lot easier to get worse at the position than better at the position. Uh, so I think they're yeah. more than pleased with yeah. how I mean, yeah. it could go wrong really fast. And what we saw out of Jared Goff is like top 10 quarterback play. Uh, yeah. Like and Holmes uh, did say in that press conference that he Never saw him as a bridge guy. That was like, other people put that out there. He he likes. Well, maybe he's saying that now. <laughs> no, I I, I kind of believe him. But mm-hmm. I think he thought that was an asset when he got the trade. But anyway, yeah. J- Jared Goff your... six overall um, in yards. I'm just looking at what he did uh, on the season, and then touchdowns uh, fifth overall in the NFL, behind guys named Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Um, my grade is also in line with you guys, A minus, because I do think uh, the turnovers at the beginning of the year did cost us a couple games, unfortunately. Um, but I really think that he, um, I mean, just really progressed well overall. The thing I do have a knock on him a little bit is that when we were uh, down a few receivers, especially against the Patriots, it got a little ugly offensively. Um, I do think Jared Goff is a guy that needs time with these receivers to really uh, excel because uh, he doesn't have that like elite mobility like you see out of like a Mahomes or Josh Allen that can that uh, you know if if it's not working that day he can escape and make make something of it. Uh, he he still needs the pieces around him to succeed, but I, we can like 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 we were saying. I think he can win a Super Bowl with this guy. Um, Especially at this offensive line, which is largely intact, coming into next year. I mean, we'll talk about Red Guard later, but A minus. Um, I see Rud Dog is joining the podcast. Rud Dog, can you hear what us? What up, yo? All right, Rud Dog, you're just gonna we're gonna dive right into it. What's your grade on Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Oh, I give him uh, just a solid A on this season, honestly, because he was probably the the most steady rock on this entire team in terms of like even when he was kind of throwing some interceptions early on it wasn't like egregious and really it only seemed so bad because the rest of the team was struggling so much um the guy's been just an absolute stud this year and like you just i heard caught you saying i agree i think we can win the super bowl this guy honestly find me some how you can find a better replacement for jared goff and I think you'll have a struggle answering that question right now because you're not going to find anyone in his price range, for one, and a rookie 
you know, is just not going to come in and excel at his level right now because he is playing elite, elite. He might not be considered elite in that category overall just because of some of the alleged shortcomings in his in his repertoire. Like you said, the legs, but those aren't even that bad. Those improved this year where he looked he looked better than like Peyton Manning used to look scrambling and stuff. He's, you know, he's not elite or like even plus by any means, but stud. Uh, he's processing at such a high level. He kind of looks like Peyton Manning in that way. All right. So Jared Goff with at least A minus or above from everyone on drinking a blue Kool-Aid. I love it. Uh, I just want to mention this too before we move on to the rest of the categories. If there's so many of if you, I want to see your grades. We want to see your grades. Uh Instagram at drinking the blue Kool-Aid, Twitter at drinking lions, um, also drinking the blue Kool-Aid at gmail.com. Like send us your grades. We want to hear them. Uh, maybe if you send us an email, uh, we'll, we'll we can post them on our social media, whatever. Uh I just want to mention that as well. We really want to hear everybody else's grades, not just ours, you know. Um, but let's move on now to the next category. That is running back mm-hmm. and full back. Uh, no. So rushing stats, obviously, Jamal Williams breaks Barry Sanders single season rushing uh, touchdown record. <laughs> I don't think a lot of us saw that coming <laughs> into the <laughs> right? season. That's for certain. Um, and, and, and he did in 17 games a bit, but um, nonetheless, uh, Jamal Williams, also a 1,000-yard rusher, 1,066 yards rushing. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 542 yards rushing, five touchdowns. This, that's rushing. Um, re- receiving Swift had um, three uh, receiving touchdowns. Um, and then Justin Jackson and Craig Reynolds uh, chipped in as well. Justin Jackson, 170 yards. Craig Reynolds, 102. Um, so. Let's go now to Connor with the running back group. Uh, and Jason could bend a fullback. We're throwing him in there, too, uh, mm-hmm. although he didn't, he only played in eight games. Played out. Yeah, I think uh, they finished 11th in rushing yards per game overall. Um, the Lions had this weird talent to get the ball to, like, the one-yard line or the one-and-a-half-yard line and then have Williams rushed in. I don't know if that was by design, but it happened so often that it almost seemed like it was by design. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't I don't know about that. That was conspiracy theory of the day. Um, I'm going to give this group a solid A. I mean, the running game has been reliable all year. Um, I'm a little hesitant on DeAndre Swift, mostly because of the injury history, not because of his skill. I think when he's healthy, we saw against the Packers, he's one of the best backs in the league. Williams, obviously, he's a stud. And he's a locker room presence guy you want to have. I pray to God they resign him. Uh, I'm going to give this group a solid A overall. If if DeAndre Swift can stay healthy next year, I think this tandem can be an A plus plus plus, and I think this can be a top five unit in the league mm. um, easily. Absolutely, uh, Rud Dog. Yeah, uh, you know Connor said a lot of it well, but like Jamal kind of carried the group, though. I think Justin Jackson actually probably did a really good job. Uh, Swift got through a season, you know, he probably is the lowest graded of the group just because of his lack of availability. And then sort of like, even when he came back, I don't know, he was a little skittish there for a minute before he got his legs back, but uh, still had a really effective year, especially early on and then late. So, I mean, solid A. I mean, we got over easily over a thousand yard rusher, one who was not supposed to be, he was the bell cow or backup, you know, like, Jamal just had such an outstanding season and yeah, the weird talent to get down to the one and let him punch it in. But like, I mean, that's the thing, the goal line stuff, 
oddly enough, as surprising as the stats are, is the least surprising to me. It's what he did in so many other parts of the field. Like he he showed real explosion at times that you just didn't expect from a guy his size. Where you'd suddenly he come out of that bad field backfield like a bat out of hell and you'd be like oh swift is breaking one off and they're like oh i know that's that's jamal like holy crap like i didn't know he could move like that mm-hmm. and he ripped off some serious chunks of yardage this year he was a threat at all parts of the field i mean he's a he's playing at a number one running back level like light like probably right at the lower end of the like top, you know number ones uh but still the fact that he's playing that good as like a backup like oh my god like dude, i i agree with connor resign the man like, I think me and UJ talked at the beginning of the season. We hope that he justifies resigning because we just love the guy's personality so much. And I think he more than did that. So, agree with Connor. A, the future's bright. And just to note, uh, Lions 11th overall in yards per game on the ground. That. I did say wow. that, but yes. Oh, you said 11th? Okay. I thought you said five for some reason. Apologies. Uh, I said I want them to be top five next year. But oh, okay. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. I, I agree. Uh, I think so- they could be. Uh, UJ, <clears throat> I'll be real quick. Uh, I'm going to give him a B plus. Uh, uh, lot of, I agree with a lot of what you you other guys have said so far. Uh, Williams is an awesome year. Uh, Swift, though, early in the season, he was, you know, just not there a lot or he was not healthy enough to do much. But when he was in the, isn't there, he's very effective. Uh, I mean, I, I love the guys. I just, uh, we went through a stretch in the middle of season two where we just weren't running the ball well. And finally Campbell had to like turn on, you know, turn his attention back there so we could start running better again. And we did. It's funny how when he puts attention to a certain thing, they get better. But I'm just giving him a solid B plus only because we had a, a stretch in there where just we weren't running the ball effectively. Fortunately it didn't didn't hurt us too bad because Goff was covering for that with his his great play and the receiver's great play. So, uh, but I'm, I'm going to give a solid B plus. Uh, could be better next year, I think, with uh, Swift being healthy. So, and I and I have a feeling somehow we're going to have some new blood in there next year too. I don't know through the draft or whatever, but you know. And kudos to Jackson for coming in and playing really well when he played. And uh, you know, I, I do like the group, and and I hope we sure. sign Williams um, again because his leadership and his personality are just just a huge asset to this team so that's all i'll just go with a b oh, plus yeah. jamal williams got a good a let on the den or whatever he said on sunday football <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. something like that. yeah i'll give him that mine. was awesome i'll give him a mic i'll give him mine really quick before bob here um I, I i'm gonna go uh b plus as well along with you uj i do think there was at times uh the running game stalled out a little bit here in the middle of the season. Luckily, the pass game was on fire, um, so we didn't need to rely on it as much. But they were averaging under four yards a rush for a, a decent little stretch here in the middle of the season. Was, uh, but wasn't the it like two or three games only? Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm also knocking, uh, you know, Jamal Williams. Fantastic year. Obviously broke a record, but I do have to give him a little bit of a knock for fumbling on the one-yard line and possibly costing us a game. In yeah. Dallas. I don't want to forget the about one that. one blemish. Yeah. Too, you know. And DeAndre Swift. Um, there is a, a, a good portion of the season where he looked just completely lost. And uh, I, I do have to, it probably had to do with injuries, but um, at, at the same time, you know, that that's an issue. And I, I just don't know. I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, it's a huge question mark. If he, you'll have to be back at the right price if he comes back. Mm. Um, that's for certain. 
But uh, so I'm going to go B plus because I think this group is actually capable of a lot more even uh, going forward. But because uh, I think some of the blocking was there and they didn't always execute on the running per se. Uh, but that, that falls more on DeAndre Swift because his vision is sometimes like super questionable. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but and actually, but, there yeah, there's been times even Jamal was kind of not seeing the holes there. I felt like a little bit too for a stretch. But I think just one thing, I just want to make one point, though, because you guys both brought it up back to back, is that I think during those games, those teams were really focusing to stop the run and make Jared Goff beat them to their demise. <laughs> I just want to say that, but go on. And- Fair enough. Uh, Bob, what grade do you have? Uh, yeah, the it was nice to see this year that the Lions actually have a running game because it's been missing for many years, and they had a really decent running game, especially the, the start of the season was really strong and they did fall off there for a little while um i disagree with red dog that swift is a low rated back i think he was very elite when he's in there he was injured um but even when he was in there for limited snaps he would still rattle off a few big plays i did low rated you said he was the lowest rated back on the team let's see in your analysis overall go by your words just grade for the season Um, not rate I don't know what that means. Anyway, go on. I don't know. You were just giving a grade, and I just was commenting on your grade. All right, all right. And they, uh, anyway, uh, I thought uh, Jamal Williams is obviously had an excellent year, and uh, they did drop off in the middle there for whatever reason, uh, but they picked it up at the end. So I'm giving them a B plus for the for the run game, and uh, hopefully it'll be better next year. So, right. Bob, you put his rate, you put his individual grade higher than like Justin Jackson. He probably had a more seamless like season. I don't know. I think yes. he rated a little higher. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See some of the splash plays, and he, and uh, uh, DeAndre Swift is also can catch the ball and move in space. So. Yeah. Justin yes. Jackson did too. Good point. So yeah. that's part so of what, the part of the position. I just think so he was more consistent. That's my biggest thing. I well, I you're, the you're plus plays wrong, do make a big argument. It's hard to beat. So I give you that. Swift had 542 rush yards this year, but over, uh, I believe, 25% of it came from one game, the first game of the year against the Eagles. Uh, so I do, I do want to know that, that part of it. Because uh, he had 144 <laughs> rush yards in that game. And it, and it oh looked like, God. wow, this is DeAndre Swift we've been waiting for. And, right. then, he get, and then he gets injured. <laughs> yeah. Um, all <clears> right, <throat> let's move on to the next category. Um, that is offensive line. And let's start with the... The, you know the college offense lineman here. Let's start with Rudd Dog. Give your grave oh, to man. line. This offensive line, though, with your guys's mentality, he, they get a knock for that little stretch of run. You know, but to me, this is an I mean, a, it's a whole season grade, a plus season for this team, this O line unit. Uh, passing with flying colors, like Jared Goff was probably one of the cleanest quarterbacks this season. Partly that's on him, but you know it helps when you got guys who can buy you seven seconds sometimes, and uh, you know not not to mention like I think like the ups and downs like they over they were like the most deep unit and they operated like the deepest the deepest unit on our team where even when they were decimated in certain ways they you didn't really notice all that much like we still went out there and had an effective unit consistently all season. I guess you could hold the Pats game against them a little bit if you want to, but I don't know. I just think this unit, I mean, the studs and like, you got to give 
Frank Ragnow, such credit for what he put out there this year in terms of like he fought through injury all season and was just a rock in the middle, made a Pro Bowl. And Decker, like, what did I say the other night? I think we have like legit five or four apex like O linemen on this team with Jonah, Decker, Ragnow, and Sewell. And if we add a like a right guard, a, a higher end right guard to that right side, this team, this will be far and away the best line in the league, I think. And we did, you know, that right side was kind of a carousel all year. This, oh, I can't say enough about it. They're studs. A plus. And, um, you know, to, to your note about his protection this year, um, there's only one other quarterback that played 17 games this year that got sacked less than him. <laughs> and it was only one less sack. Uh, Tom Brady was sacked 22 wow. times. Jared Goff, 23. Um, so the least, and he's got witchcraft on his side, so you can't count it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't include Tampa Bay. That Tampa Bay had like the most holding calls of any offensive line in the league, too. So, <laughs> um, I, cheaters I say they got away with everything there. They got to keep the um, old man upright. So an A plus yeah. on a Rud Dog. Uh, let's go to Bob. Uh, yeah, the offensive line. Now this is the the heartbeat of this team. This is where the engine drives. I mean they they were excellent this year. I mean. The run game, the pass game. There's some penalties they can clean up, some stupid penalties they take randomly, even their mm-hmm. top players. I don't I don't get why they do that sometimes. Uh, but but I have nothing negative to say about this unit. A plus, A plus highs you can go on this one. All right. Uh let's go to Connor. Yeah, Rud Dog uh basically said everything I wanted to say. Uh complete agreement with him and Bob. Uh A plus. This is definitely <laughs> I think our best unit, um, everyone knows it. I mean, they're simply an elite offensive unit. Uh, just want to echo off Red Dog's comments about the right guard spot, especially against Green Bay. I noticed like that spot was getting burned all night. Um, I would love to see them shore that up either in the draft or free agency. Um, but you can't really complain about this unit. I mean, they're they're everything they were designed to be. A plus. My probably only A plus tonight, but that goes mm-hmm. the O line. All right, uh, l- let's go to UJ. Yeah, I'll just be real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go A plus two. What a, what a great unit! I mean, so cohesive. Giving Goff all the time in the world. It, their pass blocking was just stellar, stellar all year. I know they struggled sometimes in the run game, especially in the middle of the season, but uh, that's just uh, nitpicking right there. It, this is a great unit, and uh, we short that right guard, and we're gonna be absolutely elite. So A plus for me. All right, and I, I'm going to go A. I'm not going to go A+, plus, uh, like everybody else in the panel here. Uh, I was going to say, and- why don't we all just marry them if we love them so much? <laughs> um, that right guard spot is a huge problem for me. It was a um, – your boy, Stenberg UJ, does not appear to be mm-hmm. the future at the position. Yeah, well, you know, you can't he cannot right pass block there. worth a, <laughs> a lick. Like He, he is a horrendous pl- pass blocker and, and just a mediocre run blocker. Um, horrendous. Yeah, he, he's not good. Um, kudos to like, <laughs> kudos to um, Skipper uh, Evan Brown for stepping up. Uh, he's more of a center than a guard, but he's a good emergency guy. Although, like Hunter mentioned, really exposed as a guard um, in that Packers game because uh, that's really the only place they're getting any pressure in that game. But man, I love Panay Sewell so much. I cannot oh. believe he didn't get. How did he not get in the Pro Bowl? I mean, just mind blowing. Like, who's voting on there? Who's picking these things? Like, idiots. Oh, yeah. He's quietly the Lions' best player, I think. 
Yeah, like, I, I like him better than Decker. Uh, and then there was timely holding calls every once in a while that put us out of position. But overall, I mean, Some false starts. Um, oh yeah, the, that string of false starts we had at home was yeah. hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Really, it's, if anything, it should have been on the road, but it kept happening at home for some reason. Um, <laughs> he just wants to perform for the home game. team. We're hometown town fans. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is a, a fantastic group. They're all coming back next year, except for most likely Big V. Big V is technically under contract. But oh yeah, he's the back issues and the starter like that. that I, never I think was. they're going to find a more permanent solution at right guard. Um, Jonah Jackson, another guy we haven't really talked about too so, much, but it's good if we don't talk about the alignment. It means they're doing their job most likely. Um, you know, I, we I, should I, though I, because he's amazing when he pulls his the, the athletic ability. Mm-hmm. And uh. And Frank Ragnow, obviously, an absolute rock um, at center. And he he basically didn't practice all year. He just showed up. He just <laughs> suited up on yeah. Sunday um, and fought through 60 minutes every week. He'll probably be getting foot surgery in the offseason here um, is what I have read. But high grades all around for the offensive line. Let's move to a slightly more interesting group. Tight end. Um, really interesting, what a group. Uh, interesting unit this year. Um, so the tight ends, I mean, James Mitchell, Brock Wright, and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson led the team in yards, even though he only played in seven games. What about Zilstra? Um, he, had, he had 395 yards. I, I, yes, Zilstra too. Um, with a mem- and of course with one memorable game in Carolina where he had um, <laughs> yeah three, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, three, 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 yeah, three. Um, so yeah. Zane Zilstra, uh, eleven catches for 60 yards james mitchell 11 for 113 that's our rookie tight end um and brock wright 18 catches for 216 four touchdowns i wish it was 217 and five touchdowns uh <laughs> i'm referring to that one yard against dallas and then hawk oh. 395 and three touchdowns so let's start with you jay i want to hear your tight end grade okay um i'm gonna give it a solid b uh, it's funny, Hawkinson, as talented as that guy is, the trade of Hawkinson was, I think, a plus for this team. Uh, it's funny, I, I don't know, is, how do you explain getting rid of a, your most talented tight end and then the Lions go on using the tight ends more than they ever have ever and mm-hmm. more touchdowns in the history of the Lions franchise to tight ends. It yeah, doesn't even make sense. Record for touchdowns from the tight end position. But they really spread yeah. it around, and these guys were effective. And and it, it seemed like toward the end of the season, especially, the tight ends were blocking quite well. I mean, mm-hmm. effectively, and uh, and that was always a knock on Hawk. And uh, and, and I don't take nothing away from Hawk's talent because he, he's a very talented guy. But these guys did a really good job, especially impressed with Brock Wright, and you can see the potential with Mitchell. I don't know if Zilcher's a guy down the road, but he, he had a nice season. So I'm giving him a solid B. Solid B. All right. Uh, let's go to Bob. Uh, yeah, the tight end group, they thought they played pretty decent this year. Yeah, losing Hawk was interesting, the way that worked out. Uh, they, they're not getting the yards they used to out of that position, but they're quietly effective, and they're getting the touchdowns. So... I mean, Hawk ended up with almost a thousand yards total for the year, but uh, we didn't have anything like that from our tight end group. Um, but I, I like the group. I, I could see them maybe adding somebody next year, maybe not. Uh, I, I, I guess Mitchell has a, an untapped 
talent. I guess he was in college, you know, he could he could catch more. Mm. So we'll see if they unlock that a little bit more next year. So mm. but I give him a B for the for the year for the group. All right. Uh Connor. Yeah, uh I'll keep it quick. Uh you guys said everything. I, I think what ultimately was Hawk's downfall is uh his blocking. I mean yep. it's such a big deal with this offense to block. Like all the wide receivers are expected to block, the tight ends are expected to block. Like that is like a core component of this offense. Um, I mean, Hawk's clearly the most talented guy. I mean, what well, was that the Washington game where he just like took over? And, Seattle. Like, we had no receiver. Seattle. We had like no healthy receivers and he was just balling, but too inconsistent. Um, I'm going to give this unit a B. They are getting touchdowns, but I would like to see more yards and I'd like to see more like just that takeover mentality from that group uh, in mm-hmm. the receiving side. So I'm going to go solid B. Yeah, I'm going to go B as well. Um, I'm going to go A on the trade for uh, TJ Hawkinson because I'm glad that we don't have to pay him. Um, And I think our position group improved by getting rid of him. Um, Mm. You know, I'm I'm glad that he's finding some success in Minnesota, um, but I will be happy to be beating him twice a year uh, going forward in Minnesota. That's an overrated Minnesota team that might lose in the first round. But anyways, um, uh, the the position group really solid. Again, I wish Brock Wright just got in the end zone against Dallas. Um, but he made up for it in the Jets game, at least. Big fourth down conversion. Really finished that play strong. Uh, Zilstra obviously stepped up against Carolina. Um, these guys are – this is what you – I I believe the tight end position, unless you got an elite, elite guy like a Kyle Pitts, that's just so such an athletic freak that you have to take him high. Um, I mean, this is part of the argument that we had when we drafted Hawk. Like, I don't think you need that much capital in the tight end position in the NFL. A lot, the most successful tight ends in the NFL are like third, fourth round draft picks. They find their perfect role, um, and they need to be good blockers. And Hawkinson just, at least for, to me, always underwhelms a blocker to justify <laughs> what he wanted to be paid. And where he was drafted. So, anyways, position group on the air, solid B. Look forward to improvements uh, as they continue to grow in this offense uh, mm-hmm. in the offseason. Uh, I, I think we have one more, right? Oh, Red Dog, you're great. Yeah, me, man. <laughs> don't, don't forget about me. No, uh, yeah, no, uh, I think Hawk, the big reason, I, th- I have a feeling, a theory that Hawk's trade was always on the radar from before the season started. Not sure. that he was it was predestined or that it was determined, but you know, obviously he still had the half a season to kind of prove himself. And I think he proved one thing. He's a wide receiver. Uh we want tight ends. We want the true sense of the tight end and that can really be a effective run blocker and pass blocker. And then their effectiveness is actually derived from their effectiveness in the pass game is derived from their effectiveness blocking. Hawk is by far the most talented route runner we had, as but he was just a big receiver, and I think they only wanted. That's why I think, like they, we wanted to use. We scored more and did more effective things with like Wright and all these guys because they were able to set it up more effectively by being good blockers first and foremost. And that's why I just think, like, uh, it was just it was the right move. This is that's what fits this scheme. We don't need just a big receiver, though. So, you know, if you love that talent. And but like even like the like the best ones really do block pretty well too, and that's where I think Hawk is just an elite receiving receiver, really more than a tight end. 
Maybe he'll develop it. But uh, I like Brock Wright a lot. If he could especially go see like a yoga master or something and loosen those hips a little bit, I think he'll be ridiculous. But no, <laughs> he's a little stiff. You can always see it. But he's got that speed. That 51 touchdown rumble was amazing. Uh, I like the potential of of Mitchell. He looks pretty athletic. Could be more of the receiving type like Hawk. But uh, no, I think B plus. A lot of tutties. Like uh, you can't can't argue with that. Touchdowns, man. <laughs> That's always great uh that's that wins games and so i think this unit gets a nice b plus the run i think their blocking was better with the guys they went with and that's what set up all the success they had as a unit so b plus all right let's move on now to wide receiver and we'll start with (gasps) connor this was an interesting unit um (laughs) obviously our number one guy the sun god amonra just Oh, yeah. A menace. He was mm-hmm. not healthy for a few weeks there, and it showed. Like he's clearly like the beating drum of the receiving core. Um, I think a lot of guys had really solid years. I I like Raymond. I I like Chark. Chark did figure it out towards the end of the year. Early on in the year, I was like, damn, this kind of feels like a waste of a signing. But at this point, I personally would love if they resigned him. Um, I'm gonna give this unit overall a a B. I think um, really solid play. Um, I'm a little disappointed that I know JMO wasn't there that long. A little disappointed they didn't connect a little bit more. And Chark was not healthy long enough to justify, like, I think getting this unit into the A range. I do love Khalif, though. Man's a dog. I He's just one of those guys I love rooting for. Uh, I'm going to give this unit a B. Um, maybe that's a little harsh, but B is my grade. Um, so just really, really quick, I just wanted to highlight the uh, the stats for the year uh, on this group. Amon Ra, 106, 106 catches wow. uh, for 1,161 yards. Two years in a row, he's had over uh, 100 catches. Um, just remarkable uh, in his first two years in the league. Uh, Khalif Raymond, our second leading receiver, uh, 47 wow. catches, 616 yards. DJ Shark, 30 catches for 502. Josh Reynolds, 38 catches for 479. And then Tom Kennedy, 8 what? for 141. Jameson Williams, obviously, one catch for 41 yards. His only touchdown, uh, although he, <laughs> he should have had one against Wait, Green Bay. one catch only? Oh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, because the only other one was his reverse. Um, yeah. The only the other time he oh, my God. Ball. And then um, Quintus Cephas, he had two Two oh, catches for 15 yards. <laughs> what a bum. Who could I forget? genuinely forgot about him. So no, I wanted okay. no run dogs, uh, you know, great. Uh, My grade? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think this unit grades out pretty well. When you have all the horses available, it's one of the most effective receiving units out there. I mean, especially with Goff manning the helm, like, this was just an effective receiving unit. We got so many points and like i mean i know this whole offense was kind of like used but this receiving unit bailed them out a lot i mean you, you got the leader in Amon Ra. like what i, I told you jay he's like the most boring superstar in the nfl like i like i feel like he doesn't like his break he doesn't do a lot of like breakout long touchdowns or anything like that but he just gets just chunks of yards so consistently <laughs> like 
like this year i thought it was a little like less exciting than last year for him because we, we didn't use him as the focal point in certain ways like we did last year like he didn't get involved in the run game as much and he just reliably and utterly consistently got open for chunk yards when we needed them <laughs> like if they weren't you know you know what i'm saying does anyone else like get that like i didn't feel like you just felt like oh like the game's over i remember him catching a lot of balls but like you don't remember like he didn't get in the end zone a ton and they weren't like breakaway plays they were just like 20 yards here on like a curl route or like you know like they were just it's novocaine man like just it just keeps going and then you're just out like six six touchdowns for him six touchdowns for him but he averaged only 11 yards uh per catch yeah like that's the thing he was just your possession guy he was your reliable go-to target and the other guys got the big like explosive targets deep downfield and stuff and you couldn't have asked for anything more from him uh chark uh i agree his being out hurt a little bit but like the thing that keeps this grade up is guys like tk stepping up like every, the unit was pretty well you know they 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 manned up and stepped in next man up pretty well so i'm going a minus overall josh reynolds if he would have stayed healthy too that would have been a better grade because he was on a tear early on and he was a big reason why Chark wasn't getting targets because Reynolds was just getting open at the beginning of the season and he was just so reliable. But uh yeah, A minus for this unit. I think their potential going forward is sky high. All right, Bob. Um, okay, wide receiver. First of all, just one little note on the Hawk things. I don't know we're gonna break down the trade. I think Hawk's <laughs> an elite tight end of the league, and he can block and he he has blocked. He's done well for Minnesota on that category, too. And he helped block in that 50-yard run in the first game. But anyway, uh, what a, uh, the wide receivers, this group has been excellent. I I don't think Al is boring at all. I love seeing that guy play. He's he's awesome. And uh, I Shark, I'm glad he finally got it with, uh, with Goff, because early in the season, Goff was missing him, because the Goff deep yeah. ball is, is always hit or miss. He could have hit him earlier in the season. Then he got injured, fourth, but then he came down back against Miami. Uh, yeah, and he's he's played great. Um, he's been a you know helped stretch the field out. Um, but the wide receiver group, but all overall, I'm going to go with an A on that. Um, I w- JMO was just a little sauce on the side because uh, you know he came in late. He didn't have a preseason or anything. We'll see that next year what he's really all about. So, but uh, what they did have going, I'm giving it an A. All right. Uh UJ. Yeah, yeah. I won't I won't go long. You guys said a lot of good things here. I'm gonna give him a solid A. And the only reason I'm not giving him an A plus is because of the injuries that kept him down earlier in the season. Um uh, it took away. But I'll tell you that this season would not have been as successful as it was without this receiving core who just did a fantastic job. I mean, and golf. Spreading it around to these guys, amazing. They they were just stone reliable. Uh, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. It's just fucking stud, man. There's all there is to it. The guy is just a football player. This total baller. Love that guy. Chark, you know, I was unsure about him until he got healthy at the end of the season, and he was just a, a great weapon, too. Uh, just a really nice unit. Cleef Raymond, shout, shout out to him. God, what a, what a just a hardworking guy. Just, I feel so happy for him that, He's he's you know finally getting what he deserves for all his hard work and uh, I just I just love that. 
Oh, go did, ahead. You, did you see? Did you see that he broke his rib in the Green Bay game? Yes, like that forty-six yard catch he had uh, before that broke catch. The rib. He Amazing, said it was the most painful catch of his life. But that's what they call dogs, man. Jamal yeah. goes, "We're dogs here, yeah." Well, that's a dog, man. Good for yeah. him. Anyway, Continue. just a really fun unit, a really productive unit. Solid A, solid A. All right, so I'm gonna go B plus because I do think we're missing still that elite second guy, and I'm hoping that can be. Jamison Williams, but all around, this is a really solid group. I do think we need just a little more depth, uh, just with the injury history of some of these guys like Shark, like Reynolds. Um, I'd like to just see a little more depth at the position, but overall, um, I, I this uh, this group, this arrow is pointing to sky high on them. Uh, they can take it even a further step next year, especially with a full off season for Jamison Williams. Um, to really build that chemistry with golf. Cause it seems really important for golf to have chemistry with these receivers, like, like any quarterback, but I mean, some of these quarterbacks, uh, you know, they get away with it just by pure, like arm talent, like the Mahomes, like the Allens who can scramble around for a while and find open receiver golf will rise a little more on that chemistry and timing than maybe some of these other guys with the, the scramble ability. So it's a little more important for him to build that in the off season. Um, and I, I just think the arrows, I, I'm I'm really excited to give this an A plus next year because I think uh, they did not reach full potential just with injuries um, and such. But uh, I, I want to see the Lions go from where they were this year to the best offense in the NFL next year, and I think that can be addressed in the offseason with this uh, a slight improvement in the wide receiver room. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, so that was the offensive side of the ball that the wide receiver is probably the biggest uh, discrepancy in our grades. It wasn't even that big. Um, so now let's move to the other side of the ball, the side of the ball that really struggled at the beginning of the year, uh, like historically terrible. Um, and then turned it around to be pretty good at the end of the year. Uh, obviously good enough to get Aaron Glenn, some of these head coaching interviews still. Uh, because Connor was called for his firing, <laughs> Aaron Glenn's firing, which we'll get to Aaron Glenn in a little bit. I know, but like the well, defense just is, me, but yes, the you think Aaron Glenn bad. owns all the stock in clown makeup at this point, the way Connor's gone. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to 
the amount of people I said clown the most on the lines, Aaron Glenn has to far and away be number one. Actually, you know, this wasn't one of my categories, but Connor, just you. This is just a you category. Who's your clown of the year? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Clown of the year? Yeah. Uh, I did not prepare you for this. Oh, my goodness. Huh, I'll let you think something. You want me? Let, you me... let me think about this. All right, think, think about, about it for a moment. We'll get, get back. I'll get it to you by the end. Yep. All right. Um. So D line slash edge player. So this is like Hutch, Ali McNeil, Bugs. Uh. You know, Aquara. All these guys are rushed off the edge. Houston. Uh. They're. You know, some of them are listed as linebacker, outside line, whatever. But we know what they are. They're pass rushers. They're D linemen. Um. Let's start with you, Jay, on this one. All right. It took a while for this unit to get going. We struggled early in the season. So overall, great. I'm, if we're going for the whole season, I'm going to give him a B. But if we go to the second half of the season, I'm giving an A plus almost because this this unit really found itself. Hutchinson is just what a fucking draft pick. We were so lucky we got him. I'm just telling you, he's not just a great rusher. He's just a great football player. So instincts that are unbelievable off the charts. Um, James Houston, what a find he was. Good lord. I mean, that guy, he reminds me of uh, who's the guy from the Colts back in the day? Uh, Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney, thank you. Mm. He reminds me a lot of him. Gets really low, incredible quick moves, hard for offensive tackle to, to, to block. Uh, just what a fun unit. Uh, Lee McNeil, great year. Bugs, wow. I mean, uh, B, <laughs> B for the whole season, but man, A plus for the second half of the season. This unit has so much potential now. And and I think we're going to add to it next year through the draft. It's we're going to be the most one of the most dangerous front seven in in the league next year. So overall B, but the second half of the season A plus. All right, Bob. <laughs> yeah, this uh, you know our our defense was not very good this year overall. I mean, they did play well as the season went on, but uh, I like to uh, McNeil's been a nice piece. I think he's he's solid. You know, he's going to be there for a while. Uh, Hutch, he, you know, rookie, but he came in, made a lot of splash plays and he got better and better as the year goes on. That guy is going to be a beast for years to come. And, uh, luckily Brockers got sidelined a little bit cause he sucked. But, uh, <laughs> God, I mean, God. nice guy. Leadership is all he has left in the tank. And, uh, yeah, uh, Kaminsky, he was good, but I'm going to go, uh, a C plus on this Ooh. overall. Mm, cause they start out horrible. I mean, there was, uh, what did Geno Smith even get his stood out there all day throwing, you know, throwing the ball? I mean, there's just some of these games, yep. they were just non-existent. But like, like uh, UJ was saying, it's definitely trending in the right direction, and that's without Charles Harris, a health head Charles Harris. I think next year he's going to be back, who? So. I forgot we had him. Yeah, no. So C plus. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Red Dog. Ooh, me. Oh, this is probably one of the toughest units to grade because of the sort of dual nature of their season. Um, ooh, so I first half of the season, like a D. <laughs> and then second half of the season, I agree with you, Jay, like A plus. I will say this, Ali McNeil, I'm going to give him kind of credit for the turnaround, the biggest credit, because it was, I think it was in New York when he just went off. But, like, he figures something out halfway through the season. And I think that's when you'll note our run defense went from, like, porous to pretty damn stout. Like, 
he had he I think he started with the Giants and then he went to the Bears and kind of continued it and like he figured leverage, he figured how to use his skill set and he became the that sort of dominating interior presence that demands a double team that he wasn't before that midpoint of the season and it turned it around. A plus uh Hutch, there's so many good things to say. <laughs> like Houston, like what? <laughs> like, how do you even explain that? Like it's otherworldly what he came in and did. And if he continues to progress, it's just who knows what that man will do. Uh Bugs, like Isaiah Bugs was probably the biggest surprise of this season. Like he made the team, which was like, okay, sweet. Like, good for you, man. You made the team. <laughs> and then became our single most reliable starter next to Aliyah McNeil. Like our defense suffered when that guy came off the field and he made some impact freaking plays what was that against uh was who where did he make the well it wasn't actually a sack fumble though dan campbell called it one was it the jets when he shot in and and caused the fumble on the goal line and basically set that game in motion for us to roll ahead and win it uh was it the jets does anyone remember the play where he knifed into the backfield and i remember the the play i don't remember the team though i remember the well it doesn't matter that was an impress like he did that a lot you saw so many times this year where he just did that move it was in the backfield making tackles for loss stuff in the run up the middle this d-line the potential like you got romeo quara coming back next year who i can't wait to i like we need one season one damn season of the choir brothers please like come on <laughs> they both made the team but then neither of them stay healthy like come on but no like Acquire came back made a couple sacks i you know i didn't expect too much at the end of the season from him the fact that he did anything was nice this, this unit a plus for the second half b or uh, d for the first half what does that make total about b solid b i'm gonna give him a solid b for the season you round up for the upside. You curve on a grade for the upside. The B get the upside gets <laughs> great on B. a curve. Great on a curve. That's right. <laughs> um, cool, it helps. All right. So yeah, I agree. Tell two seasons. Although I'm not going to say an A for the second half of the season because the Carolina game was an absolute disaster. I think we're forgetting that game. Uh, and that, that yeah. a lot of that falls on a D line for getting steamrolled on the ground. So I'm not going to give it an A for the second half of the season because off the edge. I mean, it wasn't just off the edge. It was off the middle, too. No, they were running. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to give it an A for the second half of the season, either, because of that game uh, where just nobody showed up. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna give this D-line a C. Uh, it, maybe it's low, uh, but again, horrible, horrible start to the season. A lot of that maybe had to do with Brockers, but this all is part of the grade. It's all part of the exercise. Um, but Aiden Hutchins, obviously, I mean, we had sky-high expectations. He has met and maybe even exceeded them after one year already. I mean, three interceptions, that athleticism, um, just insane. Uh, the guy is a motor like none other. I mean, he he played more snaps than any rookie on defense this year. Um, I, I believe he played like over 80% of the, the snaps or something like that, which is like ridiculous from a D-line perspective. Um, and the guy never gives up on any play, um, always around the ball, um, always needs to be accounted for. And obviously the play of James Houston really just stands out. I mean, you, you were talking about Freeney, UJ. I, I see more like a Von Miller type. Like th- that bend that he has is like ridiculous, but a taller Von Miller. <laughs> uh, Von Miller can get underneath these guys because he's so short, but uh, James Houston's ability to like dip underneath some of these left tackles and get around the edge. Well, you probably don't remember Freeney. You're too young. Freeney's known he for was... his like spin moves, though. We haven't seen that as much out of He Houston. did have a great yeah, spin just... move, yeah, but he had that ability to get really low and, and 
too. But, I'll have to uh, go back and watch. Anyway. Maybe, maybe I agree. Uh, he, Brad Holmes com- compared How tall to do Robert you think Quinn, Von Miller is? So. Huh? How tall do you think Von Miller is? Uh, I don't know. Five. I bet he's taller than James Houston. He's 6'3", 250, dude. He's one of the freakiest guys to ever come out of the draft. He ran a 4-5 flat. No, the dude's 6'3". He's big. He's just freaky. James Houston's oh, like 6'1". Oh, is James Houston smaller? I think so. Yeah, he is not tall. Yeah. Pretty sure. Oh, well, that helps. Von Miller's one of the <laughs> all right. Well, I'm wrong. Guys come out you got draft, me there. So. Um, but uh, either way, uh, I mean, Brad Holmes compared him, uh, James Houston, to Robert Quinn. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, that's a good one too. <laughs> also a good one. But uh, yeah, uh, the D line really struggled to begin the year, uh, especially against the run. It was putrid. Um. And then not showing up for Carolina. That's what brings this grade down for me. But I'm looking forward to this being an A plus group next year. Um, I I I I look forward to them addressing the D tackle position. Amelia McNeil and Bugs good, but we need we need more pieces in there. I see Bugs as like a future rotational piece, maybe not a starter yes. necessarily. Um, Ali McNeil. I mean, Ali McNeil didn't didn't start off the season great, like like we mentioned. Uh, but he really clicked in the middle of the season and became one of the you know what what we thought he could be. Uh, so I look forward to maybe. I'm carrying out that in the next season as well. Um, and, 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 and Kaminsky, uh, I, I think oh. he is super important to this defense. When he was out, the defense suffered. When he came back, they looked a lot better. He is the unsung hero in a lot of ways because he, he, he keeps his contain, which is really important uh, in the NFL. A lot of these DNs do not keep contain. Um, mm. And he's just a man that plays in this defense the right way. That, Z, to support your argument, it was after the Redskins game when he got hurt and we tanked. That was the single biggest difference from game commanders. two to game three. <laughs> yeah, commanders. Oh, whatever. Um, you Redskins. know what I mean? The uh, but like I'm saying, like he was out after that game, and our defense suddenly just like seemed like it lost its teeth. I'm just supporting your your comment there. You're right. I got gotcha. He was huge instrumental. Josh Pascoe, we haven't mentioned. Uh, also, uh, the rookie DN. Uh, you know, he got off to a slow start this year, just coming from his injury. Lies uh, me about his injury history. Uh, we still look look forward to more out of him next year. It's hard to completely grade him, in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. let, let's go to Kyron for your uh, last grade in this group and your clown of the year. Two for one. I'll be very, very quick on the grades because we've spent a long time on this. Uh, grades, just overall, total year, C+. Plus, uh, great second half, bad first half. Uh, shout out to Bugs just for the name. Great name guy. You need a good name guy, and Bugs is that guy for yeah. us. Uh, Cloud of the year, uh, you guys let me know if this is too harsh. Give me Imani. He's the one guy on this mm. defense I just really Ooh. don't want to <laughs> see next year on the roster. Yeah. I think, I mean, the rest of these guys, I'm all willing to be like, you know what? I want to see what they do next year. But Imani's the one guy that I just don't know I want to see. Yeah. Is that too harsh? To I don't no, want to call him a clown counter, but it's hard to argue against it. Yeah, it's hard to argue, Connor. That's a good call. So that's my clown of the year. Sorry, Imani. If you want to come in the pad and defend yourself, I'd love to have yeah, you. Yeah, come on, Imani. All right. And hey, Connor, just to know, this is always our longest podcast of the year, uh, the grades one. <laughs> but yes, yes it no, is going a while. Uh, it is good. No, yeah. We'll I, I was just for this for the sake of pacing. That's all I was saying. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, Connor, we'll, we'll shoot it right back to you for linebacker, um, out outside linebacker, uh, but really like the Anzalone, the Barnes, uh, <sighs> your grade. Anzalone. 
this is a this is a mystery unit to me because I thought Anzalone significantly improved throughout the year. I didn't even want him back this year when they came back, but uh, he had a great second half of the year. Derek Barnes, I still like. Oh, I keep thinking he's going to be this stud and he kind of is in and out a little. I'm going to give this unit a C plus mm. as well. I mean, All right. again, they had a great turnaround second half of the year, but a bad first half, I thought. Um, but they really improved against the run and against the pass. Uh, C plus hmm. just it's a tale of two halves for every unit on this defense to me. Um, and that's just going to be the theme except for maybe the secondary, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, C+. Plus. All right. I'm, I'm going to go C on it. Um, I think this goes hand-in-hand with the defensive line as well. Um, you know, we forgot to mention the defensive line. Like, there was adjustments. Like, Hutch started, like, in, in a four-point stance most of the year uh, to start the season, and then they said, uh, uh, this is not working, so we're going to move you to two-point stance. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, the difference uh, between starting at four-point and two-point for him. Um, but there's like little adjustments like that that need to be made. Uh, I think the play of the interior D line goes hand in hand with the linebackers ability to stop the run. Uh, because if you have a bad D line in front, I don't care. You could be Brian Urlacher in his prime. If you have a bad D line in front of you, that linebacker cannot take on somebody like 50% bigger than him. Uh, uh I think we'd notice Urlacher in his prime out there. <laughs> He was pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, uh, you know, when the D line improves, so do, so does the play of the linebacker, and so does the play of the, you know, even the cornerbacks and such. I, I think it. I, my philosophy is always starts up front. But anyways, um, so That's I'm gonna go see. I, I think it goes hand in hand. But Anzalone in the second half, it man, <laughs> he really, really turned it on and proved he could be a leader of this defense going forward. Uh, and if Glenn is back. I, I probably want to see Anzalone back. Derek Barnes seems like a future like rotational piece, not a not a consistent uh, linebacker that we'll have in there. I I, I think Chris Board when he was in there uh, played better, and then Rodrigo, of course, uh, mm. a six round rookie oh, linebacker. Not to mention him, um, third on the team in tackles, one sack, but uh, you know he he had an impact out there, and I look forward to an improving next year. But I do think he has a you know, limit with his size and uh, its speed and how much more he can contribute than what he did this year. But I think there's a little more upside there. Um, so I'm going to give this a C. Let's go to uh, Bob. Uh, yeah, this interesting unit. They, Like I said, the whole defense was terrible at the beginning of the year. I thought Alex Anzalone had a really good year. I also thought Derek Barnes played better this year. I thought he, he was quietly effective. And um, I'm going to give a B- minus to this group because they – Ooh. As this as the year went on with this group, they got really disciplined. They they you mentioned Urlacher. We don't have a guy like that who's splashing around. You know, we this is kind of an anonymous looking group. You know, they'll make a tackle here and there. They're kind of quietly effective uh, as the year went on. So I think they give a B minus. Hmm. All right, uh, Rudd Dog. This is probably one of the toughest units to grade on this entire team, honestly, because. Like you said, it starts up front, and early on, the D-line was struggling so bad. like It made it kind of hard to assess the linebackers fairly. Um, all, one thing I did notice was Thor was a speed demon around that field all season. I, I know, you know, even when the defense was struggling, you noticed Anzalone was running dudes down to the sideline, and he showed some really yeah. impressive speed. I didn't know he was that fast. Like, I'm really, like, I was impressed by him this whole year. 
he was probably the guy that impressed me the most, which is saying a lot because Rodrigo came out as a rookie and looked like a seasoned pro. Um, Barnes, see, I, I didn't feel like Barnes was quietly effective, Bob. I felt like Barnes was a bit flashy. Like, I felt like sometimes he was out there and was like, had a game where he would just like, all suddenly he took over and was like, is this the guy we, we've been hoping he'd be all along? And then he just disappear. And then all of a sudden you'd notice him on a tackle for a loss again. And then like, he just wouldn't be in there for some of these games. I felt like, I don't know what his overall participation, but quietly effective just wasn't the feeling I got, but he did play much better than last year and showed some true potential. I put him as developing and could potentially fill in one of our starters of the future. Uh, jury's out on him same with rodrigo jury's still out i think he could be incredibly stellar this unit as a whole uh i'm gonna give him b minus for the season that first half was atrocious for the whole defense you gotta take it into account uh but i still see some promise and i thought it was gonna be really easy to just say add a, a starting linebacker in the draft but i'm not convinced a rookie's gonna come out and beat out rodrigo or anzalone at this point so that alone is a huge win yeah, so B minus. All right, UJ, let's go. Okay, uh, I- I'm going with a B minus here. Also, uh, I think the drafting of Rodrigo, Rodrigo, had an incredible stabilizing effect on this, on the linebacker core. He he came in and just like knew what to do instantly. It's just remarkable what he did. Um, you know, and like you said, Z, he, he might have some shortcomings with his size. You know, as far as his upward potential, but. He's a really solid linebacker and a good tackler. Anzalone came on and was just, I was a fan of him before when you guys weren't because I just loved his energy, pure energy. But now he seems to, the good things have clicked in his head now. He knows what he's doing. And he, he's a sideline to sideline guy. In that way, you can compare him to Erlacher. I'm not trying to compare him to Erlacher per se, but he is sideline to sideline. He's so fast and he made some big plays this year. So kudos to him. He had a great year mm-hmm. and I do want to see him back. So, uh, Overall, uh, B minus, uh, solid showing from our linebackers. They improved vastly from last year, and I hope they get even better next year. Possibly another addition to the draft or free agency. So B minus for me. All right, let's move on now to the last position group. That is DBs. So cornerback and safety. Um, of course, Ooh, there's Tracy Walker, but he was injured. Um, and then you have the ploy, obviously, of Kirby Joseph. Um, Juju Hughes was in there for a little bit. Will Harris, um, Deshaun Elliott, uh, um, aforementioned Clown of the Year, Amani Awarie, <laughs> uh, Mike Hughes, yes. Jeff Akuda, um, just to name uh, some of the. Oh, and Jerry Jacobs, of course. Uh, so, Ify, Melifanwu. Um, AJ Parker started the year uh, and no longer with the team. Bobby Price got in there a little bit. So uh, let's start with uh, UJ. Let's start with you. You went last. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to give it overall a D. I just really Ooh. think they struggle. <laughs> oh, uh, Okuda. I mean, for it, it's so funny. Come back and we're all rooting <laughs> for him. He had a couple rough games early. Then all of a sudden, it seemed like he found it. And like, oh my God, this guy gets it. And all of a sudden he sucked. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I don't, I don't get this guy at all. I mean, I, I don't know what his future is here or anywhere. Just his complete inconsistency. Um, 
our cornerback position is really rough and we need help there. Uh, we definitely need help there. Uh, safety position though. Uh, man, Kirby Joseph, what a find in the draft. Incredible. Oh my I mean, you, you, you it, it justifies seeing Holmes and all those guys. Cause that's so excited when they found, got him in the draft, they couldn't believe he was still there. And we're right. like, Oh yeah, sure. They say that, right? No, that now I see why they were saying that this guy's really good. <laughs> Incredible ball hawk, hard tackler. I mean, what a, what a find there, but so I, I'm giving a D overall for the position. If I was going to say safety, I'd give them a higher score, maybe toward a B. But overall, yeah, the secondary struggled a lot, and <laughs> and they were bailed out a lot by the good defensive line play toward the end of the season. So mm. yeah, I, I'm going with that score. We need help there, B. All right, uh, Connor. Uh, yeah, uh, I think UJ said it perfectly. I'm going to agree with his score here. I think this unit gets a D. I mean, this is clearly the weak, weakest point of this team to me, I think, is the secondary. Um, I know a lot of you, we've, we debated this. A lot of you think Jerry Jacobs has earned the right to be like that CB2. We definitely need a CB, like a, an elite cornerback, um, like a number one guy, which I don't think mm. we have. I'm not convinced we don't also need a number two guy. Um, I know that's more of a debate. We can talk about that. Mm. Um, Akuda, I love the guy. Met his grandpa in line to a Lions game. That was the that was the game he nice. was out for the season and the injured. But his grandpa's a really sweet guy, and I can't help but root for Akuda. Um, but that being said, I think we need multiple cornerbacks in this draft. Safety wise, uh, I love Kirby. He's a stud, and his cockiness against Aaron Rodgers is just amazing. He's like, oh, if he comes back, that's just more yeah, for me. Uh, what so a great awesome. line against yeah. one of the best quarterbacks ever to play. So um, awesome. Sean Elliott, I like too. Uh, the safety position is definitely stronger, but overall, this secondary needs help. Um, <laughs> and that starts everywhere, but man, yeah, D for sure for this unit. Hey, I just want to note that uh, Akuda's grandpa shielded him from being clown of the year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did help. I mean, that Carolina game was bad, but his grandpa was there like, no. You can't him Go ahead, Rod Dog. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, this is definitely this is the only unit where I see obvious rookie draft upgrades. Like every other unit I look and say, will a rookie immediately improve us there? And the answer is okay, like with exceptional cases that like early first round picks guys who are destined to be really good in this league that come out. But most of our entire team, it's like, no, I can't really imagine a rookie playing better than that, including Isaiah Bugs. You know, like like it's going to be hard to beat those guys. This team, though, this this secondary, they need some help. I think Jerry has made a case for number two, like Connor said. But uh, yeah, that cornerback, it's it's more cornerback specifically because safety, Kirby, like oh man, stud, like so exciting. Pick off Aaron Rodgers three times in the season. The only person ever done it as a rookie. Like oh my god, Deshaun Elliott. Was was one of our better signings of the entire offseason. When he was out, we hurt dramatically. I think he was a bit, his presence or lack thereof was a big reason why the Carolina Panthers had such a way with us in the run game. I think he was such a solidifying presence out there in the run defense. Uh yeah, it's it's not a good grade. I don't see how you can give this defense a good grade or this secondary a good grade because even when we were successful, they were the thing that usually you know, gave up big chunks, big, big stats. Uh, you know, they played effective. The thing that's going to save them for me 
is all the turnovers. Jerry contributed. Uh, I, even Nakuda contributed, right? Yeah, pick six against the Bears. Uh, Kirby, like, turnovers are the saving grace that are going to give them a barely B- minus on the whole season because they did contribute to the winning in the second half even when they struggled. So B- His defense was 24th in takeaways, just... That yeah, but like all of them came in the second half of the season. So like it's again, it's a two tail two two halves. That's why I B minus and those turnovers are what carried them there for me. Um who do I have left? Uh Bob, sorry. Go ahead. Uh yeah, this was by far our roughest group. Um uh, it sucked losing Tracy Rocker early in the year, and then uh mm. but it was nice to see Kirby Joseph get up there. Uh Deshaun Elliott did he did play pretty well, and uh, especially his uh, intensity. He he would mm. nail you once you could, if you did catch the ball in front of him. He was gonna level you to the ground. You'd feel it. Mm. Uh, our our um, the cornerbacks, yeah. Jacob's probably the best of the group, but some of these other guys, uh, Oria and uh, Amela Fatu, you know, he's did nothing. I would just go a D on this group, and I'm hoping that they add a. Not only through the draft, but I think they need to get a free agent in this position. I don't know mm-hmm. who's available yet. So I haven't broken that down yet, but uh, they definitely need help on the secondary. D. That's a good. That's point. a later podcast. D. Uh, yeah. Run, D. Run, 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 what did you, uh, you have again? I gave him a B minus. Okay, B minus. Okay, I just didn't. Man. Read um, wow. So turnover. That's pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's high. I know. I'm gonna go D plus. I'm gonna go a little above the Bs. Did you say B? No, B as in D. bear? D as in what? dog. Um, oh, okay, okay. That made more sense. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. This is a rough group. When Will Harris is playing your second quarterback position, that's a problem. Um, don't knock Will. <laughs> Iffy Milifonu looks like a man who can just not find a position. I, I thought maybe they would try him at yeah. quarterback with his size, but uh, there, there's a reason in college he was moved to safety too uh, because he couldn't play out there, um, couldn't play in the nickel. Um, but he has all this athleticism, but he just he doesn't have the instincts like a Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph has those instincts. Like if you go back and watch the film uh, from the coach's box view. There's that it's like that sky high view. Um, look at the way Kirby Joseph plays that uh, inter- the interception that got called back because of the hands of the face. Uh, but the way he just flipped his hips and kind of drew Aaron Rodgers into the deep throw to pick him off was uh, a savvy vet move, not a rookie uh, rookie move. Uh, and I also don't don't dismiss the fact that this this group did get better uh, after Aubrey Pleasant got fired. Uh, so there clearly was some lack of communication there through the first half of the season with Aubrey Pleasant and the way this defense mm. should have been operating. Um, so, I mean, for for whatever reason, that we'll never have insight on, unfortunately. Maybe in a tell-all memoir when, uh, about the Lions <laughs> trip, to, you know, road to the Super Bowl and what, what it took to get Road to 9-8. and eight. Um, But anyways, uh, Kirby Joseph, what, I mean, I mean, uh, we we knew we had the instincts coming out of college, like the, those football instincts, maybe get a pick or two. But the tackling uh, really impressed me, like that hit he laid on Dallas, and then the following week, um, really. Yeah, how many fumbles me. did he cause? Uh, he, two forced fumbles. Uh, Only two. It, it seemed yeah, like yeah, more. Fumbles. But uh, you know, up there in tackles with 
you know, not even a full season under his belt. Um, I, I, I look forward to Tracy Walker coming back too. It's just going to add depth to that position. It's really those outside guys and probably the nickel where we, where we really need to address. Uh, and that's what brings this grade down, obviously, a ton because that was extremely weak part. But I give it the plus because I think the D-line was not giving enough pressure early in the season, and that always affects um, how good a DB can play because I don't care if you're, you know, uh, the top cornerback in the league. If you give these wide receivers in the NFL more than, like, three and a half seconds, they usually find a way to get open. It's just too difficult, especially with the rules uh, the way they are now with the holding illegal contact, hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So, Z, they start with the D walking onto the field, and that's the curve, right? And then <laughs> just for showing up. What? I, and then they get the plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I don't know if I follow the joke, but don't okay. worry about it. All right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. Let's move on now. All right. So we're done with the position. Content groups. you'll only find on drinking the Kool-Aid here, folks. I think this part will go uh, much faster. Our position groups always take the longest. But um, offensive coordinator. Uh, let, let's go around the horn. Uh, let's start with you, Jay. Uh, a plus Ben Johnson. Holy shit. Most creative play calling I've seen in ages. Fucking fantastic. I can't say enough good about what he's done. Pulling out plays. I don't know how much is Campbell and him doing together, but he's the guy calling them. So we give it, the, give him the credit. I mean, amazing that the Sewell play, look, look at this green Bay game. They threw that hook and ladder play. We haven't seen that one all year or, or ever. I don't know. He pulls that one out of his head on on what, second and long, second and seventeen or something like that, and we get like fifteen yards up. What a great play! I mean, he all season long he's consistently found the right play at the right time. Just amazing. His creativity is as a coordinator is as good as anybody in the league. Anybody, hmm. and uh, hmm. man, I just hope he keep this guy at least another year. He he he, he really is a phenom right now and and i can see why other teams want him because he's i think he's that good so uh yeah a plus man all the way bob uh what do you what is your grade for this phenom yeah the phenom yeah uh i think ben johnson's <laughs> been excellent he's the we can finally put the ghost of jim bob cooter away because we oh like, thank we you no, thank you. That's mercy. That's sweet mercy to my ears. Cooter was great, wow. but this guy is even greater. Great. Um, Don't taint the word. <laughs> so, He's no um, Lombardi. No, oh, I like Ben Johnson. Wow. He, like uh, you just saying, very creative. Uh, not only in the passing game, but in the run game, he can do the whole thing. So, and that and the balance that they're calling, I love it. So, a plus. Right. All right, Connor. Yeah, uh, A plus. I mean, you if when you see that your OC in his first full season is getting a bunch of head coach interviews, that usually means one thing: he's he's done great. And Goff's been a big part of it. All of the pieces have been a big part of it. But man, Ben Johnson has been calling it right all year. And not only has he been calling it right, it's been fun. Like he's made this offense really fun. Yeah, and not one dimensional at all. And like hmm. they can make a play from anywhere. And that's like I've never been able to say that. The Lions in the past have always been not a one trick pony, but like you knew what they had here. It's like they could do anything and I wouldn't be shocked. Like that one play against Green Bay was that second and 17. Uh, the hook and ladder, the right? bubble ladder. Ladder. Hook and ladder. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, brain fart bubble. there. Um, that that play alone just manifests to me like 
how awesome this offense is. And they're doing crazy plays at crazy times. A plus <laughs> can't expect any better. Absolutely. Uh, Red dog. Okay. I'm going to clear one thing up. It's the bubble ladder. It's not a hook ladder. It's bubble ladder. All Hooking right. ladders when you're on a hook route and then you're literal. <laughs> you ran a bubble screen. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, half plus. I give him a half A plus. No, I, he, A plus, even though sometimes I was like left scratching my head because that last game of the season, you're like, I just can't wait to see what this man dials up. Like every time, you never know. And that was like, how long? What does that mean to us as Lions fans in this last like decade? Like you never know versus like, oh, well, obviously this is what's about to happen. <laughs> like how many O corners did we go through where we all predicted the plays almost? And now I can't even guess half the time. It's just awesome. A plus, he's a stud. I hope he stays. I like the or wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, re- rewind, rewind. It wasn't he sucks. D minus. It was all the players, like Eric uh, Decker said. (laughs) 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 You don't want him. You don't want him, other team. You don't want this guy. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go A-plus, too. Um, The only knock on him, like, really all year is that couple stretch uh, against Dallas and uh, especially the Patriots game. But really, uh, that's (laughs) the only knocking at him. Most 30 points point games of any team in the NFL this year, although not the most uh, points per game that goes to chiefs, but um, I think they could even step it up higher next year, uh, just with more money going into the roster uh, from free agency and such uh, and what, and getting Jameson Williams involved. We, we all want to see him around one more year. Um, the unpredictability is great. If you want to see kind of what separates Ben Johnson, this offense, maybe from uh some other teams go check out uh the uh, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN get up uh yesterday recording this on Tuesday um uh on January 9th he posted this uh film breakdown of the fourth down play the Lions had to clinch the game uh on Sunday night football just how they come right out of the timeout they waste no time and there's like four open receivers Ben Johnson's ability to scheme open receivers is incredible i i, I it's what we we're missing a lot with like Stafford th- throw people so open much. basically. Um, especially at the Joe Lombardi offense, our favorite of all time. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I also, you know, like the fourth down play against the jets, like a wide open tight end. Uh, I mean, just the, the, the amazing. If you score 86% touchdown rate inside the red zone, you're doing something right. And again, I don't Absolutely. know how this team didn't make the playoffs with those kind of numbers. It was the defense at the beginning of your God damn it. But, <laughs> anyway, um, so let's move the defensive coordinator now, and I want to get Connor's grade first. Connor, you start <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah. Off. Uh, I mean, Half what five. this defense finished twenty ninth overall, twenty eighth maybe. Uh, it's somewhere towards the bottom. Uh, you can't justify giving anything above a C with that ranking. I don't care what the roster is. Um, and I actually Aaron Glenn Gula me a lot. I was a bit of a hater. I'm not going to lie. I did call him a clown in our chat many times. Um, and during the Bears game, I did call for his firing. Little G can attest to that. Um, <laughs> but it was cold. It was Soldier Field. I was bitter. Um, you won the game? Yeah. Yeah, but this was you like also call, in the you early You called for his firing in the podcast. That's what I was referencing, I, I think, earlier. Ah, uh, I see. <clears throat> I don't remember doing that, but I believe you. 
Because I, I feel um, like it was like know, several times throughout the season you called this. It was right after the Dolphins game you called for it. Um, when that's when they fell to one and six, I believe. Correct. So, uh, yes. and and I'm pretty you sure you called for the with Packers me. game. Um. Well, whatever. You guys. <laughs> The, he gets a C. He did improve a lot, and I want him back next year. Um, but I don't wow. think he was always great at scheming to the roster's strengths early in the year. Hmm. And the fact that he never solved that rollout when the QB rolls out right, and we always find a guy 20 yards down the field open, oh, that alone loses a letter to me. So C, C all around for Glenn. I hope he's back next year. I don't want him to find the coaching gig, but. Um, I think that'll be better next year. I genuinely believe uh, he'll be in the A range next year. Ooh. All right, Bob. Oh, I like it. Um, I'm going to go. Connor said I can't go above a C or whatever, but I'm going to give him a, a B plus. <laughs> I, I thought For a 29th he just... ranked defense. You're giving him a B plus. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Because I'm talking about him personally, not the defense. Uh, he had a really terrible roster to work with this year, and it was a really bad roster. Most of his best players are rookies. And uh, he did adjust. He stayed cool under pressure because there was a lot of pressure coming on him. Knives were <clears> out when they were terrible. And he, he stayed cool. And then uh, once to get rid of Aubrey Punt, you know, things change. So uh, I like him going forward. I think he keeps that uh, that room together. And they believe in what he's doing. So I'm going to give him, uh, what I say, B minus what I say. But B plus, anyway, B plus. that's what he's going to do. B plus. B plus. Yes. Bob, did, B plus. did Ryan Johnson pay you for that review? And to put knives out in there serendipitously. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. It was actually a term before the film. But anyway. No way. <laughs> UJ. Okay. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying I want Aaron Glenn to come back. And I hope he comes back for another year. I think he's a very good coach. Um, however, I, I can't give more than a C plus this year. Based on especially the, good on half you. the first half of the season. And uh, and and here's and here's this thing that puts a shadow of just doubt in my mind with Aaron Glenn is because the, the defense was so bad. I mean, we were we were trending toward historically bad defense really? in, early in the year, and then Campbell fires Pleasant. Then miraculously, on a dime, we became a good defense. Like, how does that happen? And it, it it's I think something more with Campbell than Glenn caused that turnaround or something Campbell did with Glenn to turn it around. I don't know. It wasn't Glenn doing it. It was Campbell doing it to Glenn or for Glenn or however. <clears throat> That's why I always have this little seed of doubt in my mind of, about Glenn is because of the way that turnaround happened. So, but that being said, I think I still do think he's a good coach and I think he's a, he's an inspirational guy. I really love the guy. I mean, he's just a great personality and, I love his enthusiasm and everything else, but I'm going with the C plus on this one because of that, mm. mainly because that first half of the year was so putrid, but we did turn it around. So got to give him kudos there too. So anyway, C plus. All right, Rudd dog. You know, a lot of really interesting points here. Uh, the, uh, as far, I think Bob brought up one of the best points, like what he was working with in terms of roster, like our success was so much driven by these rookies producing on like sort of unprecedented levels. Like, but I don't think you can take that away from Glenn. And I'm going to also take UG's point and flip it around. The fact that Dan Campbell didn't fire AG and fired Anthony Lynn 
to me, it doesn't produce doubt. It produces faith. See, Bob gets it. Look at that shock. He's like, yes. <laughs> but I get no, it. Like, like, seriously, like, he produced, that produces faith. He wasn't the cut. And at first, let me, like, like come on, like, the secondary coach firing is going to turn our defense around. Like, how does that make any sense? Everyone thought it was a blood sacrifice to the fans just to, like, placate us. And but it might have been like, a blood sacrifice to the team to show that if you don't turn your shit around, there's more, more of this happening. Or that, sure, a- absolutely. But my point is that, like, it wasn't AG on the chopping block. And the doubts I might have had then, you know, like, we saw him do it to Lynn last year. And then now it's like two years in a row he's fired a major coach on his staff and it's produced dramatic results. <laughs> like, dramatic. We went from Lynn to Ben Johnson and became, like, really good on offense. We went from, you know, Pleasant at secondary coach, which is weird because you don't think of it as that intrinsic. But, hey, you can't deny the result. Fire the guy and our defense dramatically improves. AG. I give him, I mean, you know, people have told me I can't do things. So I, you know, I give him a B, just a B. Like, he turned it around, man. He got this defense back on track. You can blame, you can give Dan Campbell credit. He's the whole head coach. He gets credit for a little bit of all of it. But AG's the guy that stuck around. He didn't get fired. He was chosen to stay and he got this defense humming. You know, they, if they weren't, like shut out and oppressive in the sense of like stats, they were effective. They made plays, the turnovers. He gets that too. AG gets uh, uh what did I say? B. More I than have a, a C B. Plus. A B from you me. said B. 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 Solid B. Um. Okay. Yes, so there, there, yeah. Um. There's one more uh thing I just wanted to mention about this defense that I think has been talked about yet. The Lions had the third youngest uh, roster in the NFL and the youngest starting defense in the NFL. So you mentioned the, you know, that's tough from a defense coordinator standpoint is is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, Um, yeah. So having said all that, uh, he is a defense coordinator and they were historically bad. And I thought it's mediocre (laughs) after that and just completely outcoached, outmanned in every way against the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to give this a C. Uh, because he did turn around in the second half. But that Panthers game brings it from a C plus to a C uh, for me. Uh, I do want to see him listen back. to Connor on everything, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very I just wise, want, so that's good. I want to see him back next year. I do think he learned a lot this season about this roster, especially the use of Hutch um, and this D-line. Because, I mean... They changed the way they played D-line in the second half of the season, too. Uh, just the way they, okay. they attacked the field. Uh, they're a little more aggressive, plugging holes right away to, to maybe make up some of the deficiencies in the talent. So uh, I'm going to go uh, C. So let's go now to Motor City Dan Campbell, the leader of this team. CDC. Dan Campbell. UJ, let's start with you. Okay. A plus, 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 plus. Plus, plus, plus. There is no oh, guy. Save you, Jay. He's drowning. And no Get him. one person who did more to turn this team around than Motor City Dan Campbell. I just, first of all, as a guy who played football under different coaches, I, I, I would just do anything for this guy. He, he's so inspirational. 
but it's more than just his, he's not just a rah-rah coach who fires people up. He, he, I think is, and, and Red Dog and I talk about it, his emotional intelligence is off the charts and his football intelligence is way underrated. He is very, just incredibly smart football guy. He, he's an amazing, I, I just can't say enough about this guy. He, he, he was the right hire, hands down. Other teams are wishing they'd hired this guy. And uh, we are just lucky as can be. And I just can't say enough. To me, he is the absolute number one reason this team is turning it around. So A plus, 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 plus. How many pluses? A bunch of pluses <laughs> for me. I, I put the <laughs> maximum I could do in a cell without expanding it. Uh, so Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm going to go uh, A go. plus two. Uh, UJ, uh, I think... He is absolutely the right man for the city, for the job. Um, the way him and Brad Holmes uh, work together is it's enviable uh, and, and throughout the league. Uh, I think everybody wants it. Um, I think it's really going to come to fruition in free agency here coming up. If there's a guy yes. in the fence, uh, uh, you know, I, I think they lean towards this uh, this Lions team because they see what's going on and where they're trending. Um, and just how much fun everybody on this team is having. I think it speaks to a lot. How many players are asking to come back? John Kaminsky is like, he's supposed to be a free agent. Like, you have some, like, negotiating. Like, you know, you just <laughs> say maybe I'll come back. No, he's like, no, I want to be here. I, I don't care what it takes. Oh I'm coming God. back here. That's not great Stop from, like, it. maybe a negotiating Way too standpoint. excited. Yeah, he doesn't care. But What um, does that tell you? Oh, my God. I didn't hear that, you see. Like, that is like... Oh my God, you got me a half-mast over here. I'm like, guessing they'll have to pay him. He does go. have a wife and kids, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm support sure. the I family. Mean, <laughs> uh, Who knows? But yes, family, I think he'll be okay. Uh, Bob. Uh, yeah, I think obvious reasons. I think the whole country knows about this guy now, and they've changed the culture. A plus. Ooh. Sure All right, plus. Connor. Solid A. I only what? don't hold. I still <laughs> think there's a couple mistakes he made learning to coach the first half of the year that don't give him a rounding a plus Vikings, game. the Vikings game in particular jumps out to me um, in terms of culture though, man, you can't ask for any better than this. And I'm so glad we hired this guy. He is the coach and I think he's going to be here for a very long time. Like UJ said earlier, um, his football intelligence is like vastly underappreciated from what I've read. He had a very large part in creating this offense. It wasn't just Ben Johnson. Mm. Um, and he understands the game at a fundamentally deep level that I think people just kind of assume he's that rah-rah, fire up the guys, make them run through a wall type. But he's so much more than that. I'm so happy to have him. Um, I'm sure the Jets are quietly wishing they had him too over Salah, even though I'm sure he's a good coach. Oh, man. Um, I I'm so glad we didn't pick Salah <laughs> as our coach. Uh, the way he's too. some of the decision-making he's made with that Jets team, it, it seems a little, it yeah. seems like kind of a mess, especially the quarterback I can't, position. My God. I can't believe you're such a <laughs> hater, Connor. A, a solid yeah. A is hating? <laughs> hater. <laughs> a hater. Uh, what do you think? Okay, well, you know, Dan, MDCDC, like, I got so much to say about this guy, but I'll tr I'll cut it short. Like, I think this guy, and this is going to be some seriously high praise. I might even sound crazy, but like he leads this team in like a very like Christian manner. Like he is like, and to understand that, like he's self, he self, he preaches selflessness. He teaches these guys to care about each other. They this team is family. Like. 
And I like, and you don't get this sense that that's just like some phony catchphrase. This guy, but he leads by example. He's fit. He's strong. He does all the stuff like the tough. He's not some slovenly fool from the Patriots with a pencil in his ear. And <laughs> this guy, I can't say too much about this, but you know, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to grade this season as Dan Campbell. I think he might grade this season a little bit. And so I'm going to be a little harder. I'm going to give him a B minus. I think Dan, like if I'm, if it's just me and my drunken, you know, I'm not the hate Kool-Aid state. Nope. It's You're an obvious A plus. Like yeah. everything achieved, like in like some, the most fundamental ways, especially when you put it in his context, but like, what are you a Packers fan? What the hell? Yeah, no, <laughs> Wow. Like, no, like it was a winning season, so it's passing. Um, but like you, you spent half a season just like in the doldrums of like what the hell is going on, and uh, I think he's gonna look at this this way. I think he's gonna look at this season and next year. The the I think there will he's what was it him that told us like he looked at the season in like quadrants and like there you know every quarter of the That's season is sort of like different and you start a little slow and then you like by like the third quarter like you're home and he and like that first half though was just abysmal and uh i think he's gonna hold that against himself and to be determined to not fix there or let that repeat itself uh b minus with uh the like the super hardcore like sober like look at myself and see. i think that's what he would give himself hey, Jet, I think give Jet, him just a passing yeah. grade with we, a were, we were asking you to judge Dan Campbell, not how you think Dan Campbell would judge oh, the team. All right. Okay, in that case, A fucking plus, motherfuckers. This is like, I'm so excited. I agree with you, Jay. This guy, I think he's a legit genius and not just emotionally intelligent. I think he's got it all. This guy is bringing it all to the table. What he did to this culture, I think he's established a foundation that's going to last for a long time. The, the juggernaut of of just straight dominance is coming, and I'm so freaking excited. This season was a herald for times to come. I think the NFL kept us out of this playoffs with that nonsense calls against the damn Seahawks. That was not a roughing the kicker. That's bullshit. They didn't want this Lions team to come on, you know, to put the league on notice on such a major scale as to run the table in the playoffs. But Dan Campbell, this team, nine and eight season. Let's fucking go. A winning season after starting one and six. Studley. So, yes, absolute oh, yeah. A plus plus from my point of view. Dan Campbell has me so damn excited about the future. That's I can't cool. even like imagine. Like, it's just, I couldn't even imagine it. Like, all right. Jim Schwartz, Patricia, <laughs> all Dan right. Campbell. You, Rudd Dog, you're going to go for another hour here. He's so. like this really. Pr- yeah. Get the yeah, fuck let's out. move on. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're going to move on now to GM, uh, Brad Holmes. Uh, I'm going to oh. give him. With this rookie class that he brought in, uh, the signing of DJ Shark, um, but he still has some holes on the defense. But given that this is year two of a six-year plan um, and how he's building this roster mainly through the drafts, because that's where that was his wheelhouse. Um, I've been in signing people like Bugs uh, that were contributors. I'm going to give him. Um, I'm going to give him an A because I think. He's an A on where he saw this team in the second year of his six-year deal. I think this is actually maybe exceeding his expectations to a little bit of a degree, actually, uh, based on his own words from his press conference today. So I'm going to go A. 
Uh, Connor. Uh, he nailed the Hawk trade, and I think this is one of the best rookie classes we've seen as Lions fans in my lifetime for sure. And if he does it again, this team is going to the Super Bowl. A plus. Yes, sir. Uh, Rudd Dog. Uh, this is one of those ones where it's like a little better to be lucky and good, though I think he's also good, so it's better to be lucky and good, I guess. Uh, like you can't predict James Houston's production. You just can't do that, no matter who you are. Like he drafted the guy, he didn't see this coming, but he gets the credit for it. A plus, baby. Like you just, how do you do that? Two years in a row, rookies break out for like career, like NFL defining second halves of the season. Amon Ra one year, and now James Houston. It's insane. A plus. Oh, you know who I forgot to mention on D line? Uh, Levi Mudzurike. <laughs> uh, that, that's still a slight black mark on uh, Brad Holmes. It's only that a was black last mark. Year, though that was last. It would have been. I know. It would have been a black a mark if Pascal didn't make a return this year. To see. Yeah. But it, it, if only it's only bad if it's a trend. You miss on one as a GM, it's fine. You miss on two in a row, like in very similar circumstances, bad. All right, but Bob. Anzurike saved him there. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Brad Pascal Holmes. saved him there. I think he's been excellent. I, uh, he didn't do much in free agency. He re-signed his own players, and I, I think he likes the ones that he kept. And uh, fortunately, he did not say a six-year plan. He said there is no timetable on this stuff, so I'm hoping it goes a little bit faster than this year's to get this thing <laughs> turned around. And I, I think next year is going to be the year. But uh, I'm going to give an A-plus because he, he's had solid drafts. This last draft was really stellar, and uh, he's just keeping it going. So A-plus. All right, UJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to reiterate that too. A plus. Uh, and like Bob was saying, uh, he didn't do much in free agency, but I think that was part of the plan. Uh, they're building up to look at next year. We have so much cap space. I think number six or seven in the league in cap space and uh, a lot of draft picks, a lot of capital. Uh, he, he's been wheeling and dealing, putting us in a great position to succeed. So now we've seen these rookies develop over the last two years and he's drafting so well. I mean, this last draft was one of the best drafts ever in Lions history. Maybe one of the better NFL drafts by any team, but uh, yeah, it, and wait till next year, man. I think he's going to he's gonna even exceed this. He, he put us in just a beautiful position to win, so A-plus for him. Uh, great job. Great working with Campbell. The, the relationship, the symbiosis they have is remarkable, so A-plus. All right. Hey, Z. I, I, I don't know if you were going to bring this up. I just want to like kind of inject this that like uh, there's, there's still sort of a rehab going on behind the scenes in terms of like all the contracts we're carrying from Pat, Patricia and Quinn's regime. Were you going to go into that or just because he did like he's we're still recovering from Trey Flowers and uh, what's his face? Jamie, uh, Jamie Collins and stuff like they're still sitting on our books in certain ways that are holding us back. And we're, he's rehabbing. That's all I just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think anyway. that's all part of it, but uh, we can get into that later, especially when we get into free agency and the salary cap on uh, future episodes. But uh, really these next ones, we go, I think pretty quick through um, ownership. I'm going to give it an A uh, because I, even at one and six, um, she was still fully behind the staff, um, fully behind the, the belief in what they are building um, because there's a lot, especially a lot of pressure on her, but uh, they gave her the game ball at the end of the year. So I think Sheila Ford to camp uh, is really um, appreciated. Like even changing the turf this off season, like 
they're mm-hmm. putting their money uh, where their mouth is. Uh, and so I give it an A. Uh, UJ. Well, uh, not the, let's see, not the SoFo. Same old Ford ownership, okay? This is, uh, this is a, we, we haven't had anybody that did what she's done. I got to give her a ton of credit because it does start at the top. And she put together, I don't know how she decided to put this team together, but there's so many people behind the scenes, the Spielmans, we always talk about guys like that. Yeah. They put together this thing they put together here, and it's just really amazing. And it's the first Ford who's actually taken this kind of uh, action to do what she's done. So, God, I got to give her a ton of credit for putting this team together. And, uh, yeah, solid A. I'll even give her an A+. Plus. What the hell? Hey, Way to go, Sheila. Good job, man. All right, Red Dog. You know, like, you know how UJ was all A++++ plus 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 for, for Dan Campbell? Well, I think this is more of an A++++++ plus 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 whatever for Sheila. Like, I can't think of a more appropriate way or a better way to assemble a higher like level of management team. She's been so thoughtful and so deliberate in her choices. Like everything she's done is not, it's not generic. It's not the standard wisdom. It was very intuitive. The fact that she went with Dan Campbell, despite being kind of low in like terms of radar for everybody. Like, like Dan Campbell was seen like a meathead for so many people, but she saw something in him. She saw through, his veneer and she saw the brilliance in that man and to hire him and Brad Holmes independently and separately. But like, I think that's genius. Like some, like usually it's the GM is in charge. It's his team. And then the coach is his guy. And like, but she hired them separately. Like that's different. And they're like the, the, the synergy, everything she's built is, I think she's genius. I think like we like is to say she's nothing like Detroit has ever seen. Is such a dramatic understatement because I think she's might something like the league maybe have never seen. What she's building here is going to be monumental, and I'm so excited. A plus affinity, like she's on point, and she doesn't get the downsides of this All season because right. we're early in this process. All right, uh, oh, Bob, okay. we're playing the Oscars music now. <laughs> yeah, if you keep going on forty minute okay. rants, I was done. I had yeah. one sentence left. <laughs> Bob, who knew? But anyway, yeah, when I was going over this, I was showing my wife the categories we're going on. My wife, Heather, and she said, make sure you tell them once what turned this around put a woman in. So I don't know if that's the case. If we're not, But Sheila Fordham has been excellent. A plus. I mean, the the way she built this uh, coach and uh, uh, GM thing and the and Campbell said anything they want that, you know, so from management. So it's a plus plus. To be fair, Bob, Martha Firestone Ford hired Matt Patricia. So, <laughs> um, I'm the just previous well, I mean, we can go back to William out. Clay. I know. I'm just saying, like, we, we she trusted right Quinn's. I mean, a woman in it wasn't like 95. But anyway, <laughs> fair, it's because not because a woman did it, because a person who did something good did it. To, to be okay. fair, she Whatever. trusted Quinn, and that was a bad choice. But it I, was a I pretty simple comment. Kind of I don't know why we're all attacking it. That's kind of. But I do think Martha Firestone Ford started the trend of like listening to football people instead of William Clay Ford just doing his own thing. Like, 
trusting Matt Millen for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I think she laid it down. I put Patricia on Quinn. Put in overdrive. So, uh, Connor. Um, I'm really excited for the jersey updates that they're doing. That's an mm-hmm. ownership decision. Um, if they are what I think they are, I think they're going to be awesome. Only complaint on the business side, I'd love to see some forward field. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. What what food are you tired of? Uh, I just think like all the food there is kind of like dropped in quality. No. Wow. Yeah. Now there's only two options. Um, there used to be a bunch. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's another pod. That sounds like D rating. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely another pod. All right. Um, so we, we can go really quickly through these. Um, rookie of the year. Who do you have? UJ. Uh, touch. Touch, touch. was right. awesome. What a great traffic. Touch. Bob. Well, the obvious pick is Hutch. So Hutch. Yes. Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Connor. <laughs> all right what, what? okay so hutchinson um uh yeah, yes hutch rud dog i i just want to be different so kirby joseph no it's hutch it's too it did too great of a season yep i'm gonna go hutch as well um historically great season uh three interceptions a couple of reco- fumble recoveries, nine and a half sacks. Uh, it's hard not to go with Hutch. And he's not going to win defensive rookie of the year, which is pretty, um, pretty bullshit. crazy. But Sauce Garden. Or bullshit. Yeah. All right. Team MVP. Connor. Uh, give me Jared Goff. I think uh, the quarterback's been a massive part of the turnaround in the most important position. All right. Uh, UJ. All right. Uh, my initial instinct is to go to Jared Goff, and this is to me between two people, Jared Goff, and the guy I'm going to pick is I'm on Ross St. Brown. Oh, yeah. He was just, just a stud, and he was always there for Goff when Goff needed that first down or needed that play. That was the guy that was there. So I'm going to go with Amon Ra. Hmm. All right, Rudd Dog. I mean, UJ kind of said it. There's two choices here, and. I'm going to choose what counter chose golf. Like he was the rock of this team all season from a, a B. Like he was the guy, Jared Goff. All right, Bob. Yeah, I was going to say Oruwarie, but I couldn't pronounce it right. So I'm going to go Goff. <laughs> <laughs> He's been great. So. Um, it's what really hard not Bob? to go. It was led too hard. It's really hard not to go golf, but uh, actually, I'm going to go with I think our most underrated player in the like at least through the eyes of the NFL. Um, I'm guessing Sewell. I'll, yes, exactly. Panay Sewell. Oh, I think God. he sets the tone in a lot of ways for this team. Uh, Good choice and the energy level. So I'm going to go Panay Sewell, and it was also the first draft pick of the Brad Holmes era, and I think it it set a tone for the type of uh, player that they want. So, nice. best play of the year. I'm going to start with this one. Um, Best what I'm going to go the fake punt against the Vikings on their uh, own 20. Uh, I think that was a really gutsy play call. Uh, and 
it defined kind of you know the the way Dan Campbell uh, coaches his team, and it was an extremely important play that helped them win their most significant win of the year. Uh, or I thought it was the most significant, but um, so uh, UJ, best play of the year. <laughs> way to steal my thunder, Z. That's why you wanted to go first. That's what I was going to pick. So I'm going to pick a different one. I'm not going to pick the obvious one, the Penny School one. I'm going to pick the last play against the Packers where it was fourth down and a yard to go with a minute to go in the game where we could have kicked the field goal or we could have whatever. We He decided to put the ball in Goff's hands on fourth down to seal a game, a big game, and he let Goff do it, and Goff did not let us down. Through that first down pass to Shark, it was a simple little turn in play, but man, it just showed so much confidence and it just brilliant. And uh, I loved it. I mean, he put the game in his quarterback's hand. Brilliant call. Anyway, I'm going with that one. Rud Dog. Oh, man. That's a hard to category. <laughs> so many good plays. I mean, you I like chose. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead. Hey, I'm a working man, see? Got time. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I can't like think of a better one. That f- that fourth down, like punt, fake punt, like in on your what was it? What yard was it on the twenty four yard line, something like that? Yeah, ridiculous. Like fourth and eight or like, everything. Everything about that play is ridiculous. The yard to go was eight. Like like you, how often do you fake? Even if you're on the other team side of the field with eight yards to go. Like that just showed Dan Campbell's brilliance to me because he was intuitive. He thought outside of the box. He did it at the moment when no one expected it. Like it showed this dude gets it. And so I, I, you know, it might be repetitive, but that play, the fake punt against the Vikings, unfucking real. Okay, uh, Bob. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, this is also the Vikings game. That's a third down play when they pass to Penny Sewell, uh, which is totally unexpected. Oh. And they, they got down to clinch the thing. So that was an amazing play. And Sewell yeah, is so athletic. Beautiful play. Yep. I'm going to echo off Bob and say that play too. Um, just so much fun to watch. And Sewell awesome. could be a great receiver if he lost 100 pounds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other one I was going to say was the fourth down uh, touchdown against the Jets. Uh, that was that would have been my second one. Who was that one? I thought for you sure somebody two, you one. get one. Was I, that no, the uh, fifty yard yard rumble by Brock Osweiler? Brock What's the next Brock category, Wright? Big Z? Brock Wright. Brock Wright. Um, was that the Brock? That I, that was actually my next one. But all agreed. right, so we have highest ball. moment. So the the peak Lions for you this season, uh, Connor. Uh, I think it was demolishing the Jags. I think that Jags team was really sneaky good, and we just demolished them in every facet mm. of that game. And that team won their division, and they're in the playoffs. Even although they have the same record as us, like I thought that was our most impressive win of the season, personally. Because um, I think the Vikings are frauds, so I'm not counting that game as much. I think that win over the Jags was my highest moment of the year. All right, Bob. All right, I'm going to go with the recent... Uh and uh, beating the Packers and getting a uh, um, winning record for the season. So that was nice and Aaron Rodgers packing. So the last game was the highest moment. I won that thing. All right, UJ. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Bob. Uh, it just set the tone for next year. I mean, it it's left such a good taste in my mouth. I mean, for day, I'm still feeling the the giddiness of that game. The yeah. you know the Jamal Williams interview after and all this stuff, and the the way this team just just so buys in. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, such a happy moment beating the Packers. Fucking Aaron Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful in every way. So yeah, I'm going with that too. Rudd dog. I mean, I'm a broken record. Yeah, Bob. It's the game against the Packers. It's too <laughs> obvious. Like we beat Aaron Rodgers when he needed it most. When have we done that in his entire career or our like entire existence? We didn't do that. We never done that before. In fact, we've done it where we need it more than them and we've lost. And it's like so damn frustrating. We handled Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? You know what? One of my predictions came true. We didn't come only overcome only one bad call. We overcame multiple bad calls. We won that game outright. We beat the refs. We beat Aaron Rodgers. We beat the damn Packers. That is like for us as Detroit Lions, as good as like it's such a huge mile marker. How it's like on to dominating the division. So yes, beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Week 18. When the playoffs were on the lines for the Packers, you don't beat that. That was the the moment of the season. Um, I uh, I would agree mostly with you, but I, I think the home win against the Vikings, just from a standpoint, like with the matching the energy and the uh, um, in Ford Field, I think was uh, the Lions couldn't lose that game, and the, and they they did what they had mm-hmm. to. They pulled out all the stops. I think it was maybe the most challenging in some ways because there was a high expectation on them to beat this team that they should have beat the first time around. Um, and I, I think it was one of the better coaching jobs they've done this year, too. They let Justin Jefferson cook. It didn't matter. So I, I'm going to go with the Vikings uh, ho- home win uh, for us as uh, high of the year. Going. Uh, so let's go to Make him really quickly the lowest moment of the, the lowest moment of the year. Uh, Rudd Dog. Lowest? <laughs> Low. Lowest moment. I think when Dan Campbell said, we are low. Oh, God. Lowest moment of the season. That is mm. kind of tough. It was probably at, like, we lost to uh, whoever it was to make us 6-1. and one. <laughs> Honestly, like. 1-6? and six? Dolphins. How do you get lower than that? What? Dolphins, yeah. That's Dolphins. the clear answer is losing to the Dolphins. I mean, we were losing the Dolphins to put us a six and one, making like everybody that didn't have the level. What did I say? Yeah. Six oh, six yeah. You're good. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. Making us one and six. Like, I can't imagine a lower moment than that. Like, who, who saw the next week coming and then the second half of the season at that point? Nobody. Like, you know, we had our faith and we thought this thing was going to turn around. Did we think we were going to go? Eight and ten out the or eight and two out the game. I don't think so. That was our lowest point. Yeah. Okay. Are we all in agreement with that one? I agree. Yeah, 100%. I was gonna go with that too. I don't think yeah, I've ever felt lower good. than that moment this year. I win the pod, guys. All right. I want my payment out. We have in, two uh, more cash, categories. So most improved. Yep, let's get them. <laughs> most improved player. Connor, I'll go first if you want. Oh, go. Connor. You can go first, UJ. I, UJ. I all right. You go ahead. Anzalone, uh, every all, every think everyone on this pod except me uh, wanted to get rid of him, and uh, no, I, no, didn't I didn't say that. And I he, uh, well, last year you did, 
And then uh, yeah, I, no, I did not. Well, did anyway, not okay, run back to tape. a little bit. But I, he's he's my favorite. He, he he his game really turned around. He's a plus linebacker now. Covers sideline to sideline. He had a great year. So Alex Anzalone yeah. is my pick. All right, Red Dog. Me? Okay. Well, I, it's an odd one in a way, but I don't see how you make this anyone but James Houston. <laughs> Did it make the roster to like being one of the most like torrential sack like streaks ever in history of the NFL in like what, what, what seven games? Was it nine sacks? I don't know. It was unreal. He went from not making the team to leading the team in sacks in a team that was like deficient in sacks. That's insane. As a rookie, the dude like found it in a, like the most profound way. James is the most improved player. All right, Bob. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he, he started at his career pretty amazing, but I would say uh, Jared Goff's my guy. I think he's Ooh. better year to year. And, uh, He's like on the rise still. Jared yeah. Me like yeah, baby. All right, Connor. I will take DJ Chark just because early in the year, a lot of people were like, oh, it's kind of a shame it didn't work out with Chark. Like, you know, but it was just a one year deal. And now everyone's like, we should resign him. He could be a key part of this offense. So <laughs> give me Chark. I like it. I like it. So there was a guy in this team who had 13 career touchdowns and now he has 30. That's Jamal Williams. <laughs> uh, I mean, he went That's from 600 one. yards last yeah. year to over a thousand this year. Um, Jamal one. Williams is my most improved uh, Damn. this year. Good, uh, good pick, and I, I, I think we'll see him back next year. All right, last one, best <sighs> quote of the year, UJ. I've got. All right, oh, my I quote, my favorite quote of the whole year is Hard Knocks when they asked Dan Camo about the Lions, and he had that three minute pause and he said the lions the team that can and will that's my favorite quote from all year and it said everything about this team the 2022 detroit lions will be the team that can and will i'm glad you didn't do the four minute pause yeah it was. Oh, yeah. Quote, right? <laughs> <laughs> um bob uh I'm going to go with uh, Big Z when he said, Red Dog, let's wrap it up. We got to move on. <laughs> That's my quote you of the year. Son of a mother. <laughs> Beyond that. Oh, good, no. one. Oh, it good one. away. And the pod Z. Good one. That's a good one. Uh, Connor. Uh, this one comes from Kirby Joseph's Instagram caption TBH, I just been farting. Y'all ain't seen shit yet. Uh, oh wow. Uh, that's part of the year. <laughs> Kirby Joseph. That's hilarious. Excellent. Illinois guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, just to be clear, is it quarter of the year or quarter of the season? Because we're in a separate year from when the season started. <laughs> oh, boy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't season. matter. I, I'm just messing with you. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's like, you know, it's, it's not as profound. It's not as deep. It's not as like all this other stuff. But you know, the freaking kneecaps, man. Like this was started this all. Like was that last year? That was yeah, his opening press. Yeah, that was two years ago. <gasps> this team has come so far. Okay, I can't. I got to pick another one. Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> kneecaps is such a good one. You know, I got to go with you, Jay's cannon. Like that was, I love that moment when he just sat there and thought. And like, I just doubt most coaches would sit there and think for that moment. I feel like most of these guys are high processing and would just spit it off the cuff. But Dan just, that's the way he is. He sits and thinks. We, the Detroit Lions in 2022 are a team that can and will. And it was just like so thoughtful, so profound, badass. That's the one. Um, Mine is also from Hard Knocks, and it's probably from maybe somebody unexpected, uh, but I think it speaks to mm-hmm. what the Lions are building and what they're building towards, and Dan Campbell and this organization. Uh, from Obina Easy, uh, who I believe is still in the practice squad. Uh, but anyways, it was the quote when he got cut. Um, by the way, Coach, just want to say I appreciate you having me here. You know, man, like I tell some of the guys in the locker room, I see what y'all doing here, both of y'all. You know what you're building, a winning program, but you're building a culture where men can be themselves. I see that, and I appreciate that. Uh, so I, I think that speaks Ooh, a lot to what the I Lions like are building nice. and going forward. But it also okay. speaks all the way up to ownership. Uh, you know, it, it's a trickle-down effect um, throughout yep. the building. So that Good one. is it. We did it. We did our grades. Whoa. Holy hey. shit. And just under Woo! two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> we nailed record. it, guys. I think this is our longest grades one yet, but also we had the most like excitement since we've missed the. I'm pretty sure the O line could have bought us this time. <laughs> this is yeah. the fourth. This is the I fourth like season we've done this podcast. Uh, from beginning of season to end of the season, uh, and the grades one is always the longest. It's it's also our most listened to one. Uh, people probably listen to this over the course of a week. Uh, um, and <laughs> yeah. our producer KJ will probably break down each of the position groups, so you can go, you can hop around whatever position group you want to hear or, or category. Um, but you know, yeah. we got through it again, gentlemen. We got through a whole season. Uh, it's not easy to do. There's a lot of podcasts out there that uh, you know they 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 don't go all the way through. So we drink the Kool Aid hard, though. Um, Oh yeah, and we we want to thank oh. our producer KJ for first of all sitting through this podcast and producing it. Uh, Who? Oh yeah, shoot. Uh, well, okay. I wanted to mention his name, you know, lower, but now KJ. I want to I want to thank our producer KJ. 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 All right, oh, wow. I'll accept it. Oh, I'll boy. accept it. Um, That'll work. So our producer, Kid J, we want to thank him for producing the podcast. Um, we want to thank SideLionReport.com for hosting yeah, the podcast. We always greatly appreciate them. Um, go check out their articles uh, wrapping up the season with Brad Berryman and the team. Um, Instagram at Drinking Blue Kool-Aid. Twitter at Drinking Lions. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast about hour 45 minutes ago, um, if you want, we want to hear your grades as well. Um, and so... Go on Instagram, go on Twitter, uh, reach out to us or drink in the blue, uh, blue Kool-Aid at gmail.com uh, and we, we can post your grades on our social media as well. Um, other than that, we want to thank you, the listeners, for sticking with us through we a love fourth you. season of this podcast. Thank we you for drinking the blue Kool-Aid with us. We know it's going to be flowing mightier than ever this offseason all the way into next year. We cannot wait. Um, We'll have more podcasts throughout the summer like we have, but obviously it'll be more spread out. We want to do the two a week like we've been doing. We'll probably take a little break here. This podcast is enough for like two and a half weeks or three weeks uh, uh, worth of time. So uh, Break you know, it up we, accordingly, gents. But I great, we, we greatly appreciate it. We thank you so much for listening uh, this season. 
what a season it's been. And we will be back uh, shortly. So just you know, follow us on social media and be uh, alert and subscribe and download to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, where you get podcasts um, so you can get the next one when it pops up. Uh, otherwise, we want to thank everybody for listening. We greatly appreciate you. Have a great rest of your winter into spring, and we'll be talking to you soon. But thank you, everybody, for listening to our grades. And last but not least, as always, go! 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 Field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a lion's victory. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.